Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, my neighbor. Good morning to life. Good morning. Music. Talk. Inspiration. In perspective. Express yourself. Good morning, my neighbor. City FM, your station. This is the the, the City Breakfast Show.
25 minutes past 6 And do you know what he's done for you? It's a praise medley in the Ghana language Joe Metal <laughs> Friday morning 22nd July 2022 Yes indeed Welcome to your show City Breakfast Show of a business sense brought to you by ADB great news for workers who receive their salaries through our bank get a quick salary advance to meet your pressing needs through the payday plus you can get up to 10,000 CDs or 80% of your next net monthly salary in the payday plus where there is no vision the people perish where there is no vision, the people perish. Another translation says, Where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. Where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. It means a vision helps you maintain discipline. Because it's that which constricts you. It's that which restrains you. It's that which limits you. So for the joy that was set before him, he, he endured the cross and despised the shame. So sometimes if you watch people who live anyhow, it's very possible they don't have a vision. So it's the vision that guides your steps. Where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. They become wild and reckless. So you need vision to maintain discipline. So if you're working with people who don't seem committed, maybe they don't get the vision. Spend some time to cast the vision. Spend more time to cast the vision. And it will shock you that sometimes even the lower they are in the organization, the more important it is to get an understanding of the vision. Because once they grasp it, they will run with it. 
or you need to cast the vision. So it takes vision to pay the price. Oh, this is business sense brought to you by ADB. We're getting into the newspaper and the news review shortly. It's brought to you by Total. Get the quote 9000 Future 0W20. It's the oil for the latest generation engine. Specially conditioned for optimum performance and efficiency of your car. Reduces your fuel consumption. Saves you fuel, saves you time, saves you money. Don't forget to get your, your Ghana card to update your records at Fidelity Bank. Download the Fidelity mobile app. It's a convenient way to do this. Or go online to fidelitybank.com.gh for more information. You may also call 0800-003355 for more information. Fidelity Bank, believe with us. City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. This is the
All right, so it's uh, 634. <laughs> if there is a better Palogo song, send it to me. Palogo Ngojo. Well, this story really made me sad though. Shortage of food in SHS. Eastern Regional Chas Council Superzonal Competition. You should have listened mm. to the students. Some said they were training to get their time so they could um, set, like basically do well to get scholarships. You know, and they cancelled it the day before. And you know why? No food. There's no food in the senior high schools. Mm. So I thought that was really sad indeed. And so, it's one of the high points of an athlete or even students, you know. And you know what is funny is that for the Eastern region, they are cancelling Superzo because of shortage of food. Yeah. In some schools in other regions, they are saying, go to the uh, intercourse so that you don't, we don't have to feed you. Feed you, yeah. So, mm. I, it, it doesn't even seem as if there is a standard mm. response to the shortage of the food. Mm. You know, 340 million CDs. <laughs> you know, today, I will bring some issues on the radio today. The question the minister was before parliament. When right? we yes. said it, they, 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 he went to parliament to answer how many yes. questions. Thirty or so. So, so the, I think the key question he was asked was on the issue of payments. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to him very carefully, he's trying to say that this is really finance, mm-hmm. right? Because he was basically saying, initially the government owed four hundred million or so. Now it's mm-hmm. three forty. So, and to be fair, education ministry does not control money. Money, So he did not mention the finance minister's name, but if when you listen to him very carefully, I think he's saying that the thing pay the people and then let's move on. But education ministry controls the modeling of numbers. Who could have gone where? Yes. And and done what? And the distribution of what? Oh, yes. So they cannot tell us that they did not know that this is how many people we have to feed. Godfrey, I think if if you listen to, if you see fertilizer... Agric Ministry Finance, you see Education Ministry, School Feeding, Finance. If, if, you, if you draw a line through everything, finance. it's the money. Yes. It's, it's, it's the, the people in charge of the ministry, they, they will set their policy. Yes. Those who have to pay yeah. are the people. Yes, but the Finance Ministry perhaps also prepares to meet a certain... <laughs> That's why we have to discuss it. Yeah. It, they are many sides to the issue. Uh, but this issue of shortage of food... And the fact that they are cancelling Superzo, the way the way it's Superzo today. Ah, I I mean, listening to this, one of the ladies, I was so sad. She said she's been working on her time because she knows that this is a chance for her to prove herself, ah. hoping that when university admissions come, she'll get a scholarship. So if they don't do it, it means a lot. It means that she, all those who come in on the basis of sports may have to wait another year. Yeah. You know, this free SHS, we have to look inside where we're low. Ah. Front page of the Daily Graphic this morning. A first Sutherland Park loses shine. Oh, lost shine. Lost shine. <laughs> They've done their story. Go and do your own. They shall have me small amendment, I beg. Fantastic story. Gender ministry says park not sold. Okay. Review e-levy to 0.5% according to Professor Kocha. I'll give you details. Government broadens social intervention programs. Professor Jan Balfour declares at the United Nations. Professor George Jan Balfour is the chairman of the National Development Planning Commission. The Ghanaian Times says, Teacher union strike, academic calendar not affected. 
GS Director General assures National COVID-19 Trust Fund bags 62 million CDs in contributions and donations. Ashanti Regional Director of Urban Roads faces sanctions for failure to provide speed breakers at Islamic SHS and Bibioni Mine demonstration leaves six with gunshot wounds. And on the back page of the Ghanaian Times, 110-year-old Gosso Municipal Hospital cries for retooling mm. to deliver quality health care. And don't use our land for waste plants. It's for university. Mm. Mm. I like what Bernardo always says about Parliament. It's a house of record. You can't lie there. Never. From page says, Kenoferata finally confesses to Ghana's bankruptcy. Tells Parliament's Finance Committee foreign reserve has been depleted from $9 billion to $3 billion. Ashanti Region MPP MPs angry over government's neglect. Baumia NPA boss others commiserate with Okujato family. Okay, the find out says 1,051 board flights using Ghana card mm. from various countries to Ghana. That's according to immigration data. 53 million out of 62 million cities raised by COVID-19 trust fund disbursed. Mm-hmm. Road safety authority calls for trauma centers along crash prone highways and civil service embraces digitalization that's according to Ajiman Jamina mm. from page of the Republic Press Ajiman Menu Hamas Atoforsen over procurement breaches in ambulance case Kwabna Japan joins NDC bandwagon calls on finance minister to resign president opens office of registrar of companies today okay the chronicle says covid uh, COVID Trust Fund received 62 million and spent 53 million. How my brother died is none of your biz. Late President Mills' sibling tells Ghanaians. Hmm. Okay. In team's team assures VIP of breaking the eight. And Minister says, Mohammed's government knew ambulances were not fit for purpose. Hmm. From Peter the Ghanaian publisher, Sunya Airport ready for operation. Transport Minister, Foreign Minister endorses Baumia Ghana card position, according to this paper. Okay. Uh, and then Defence Minister also inspects Barak's regeneration project. Mm. All right. The new weekend crusading guide says COVID-19 trust fund rakes in $62 million do- in donations, but $53 million disbursed. JFK's biggest challenge ahead of election 2024. 15 district mining committees inaugurated in four northern regions. Mm-hmm. And U.S. Ambassador to Ghana applauds GJA president. All right. Finally, for me, Bernard, the front page of the Inquisitor newspaper, why IMF poked Ministry of Finance over GRE procurement issues. Police service must corrupt institution. We discussed that yesterday. This is the front page of the paper. Mm. Court holds payment on gas supplies to ENI. Vitol. Mm. All right. right. The informant says merchandising the Mills brand to mm. be quite busted at Jubilee House begs for funding for his group after failing to account for 24 million CD telco donation. What is this? Mm. Historian lawyer on Asundre Park Bruhaha state-owned Mills' remains, not family. Yeah. Zoom Lion boss beckons a Kufadu Baumia to late father's funeral. Mm. And expert OK Sunyai Airport declared fit for purpose. And better are lots. Nurses, midwives cry out to government. How many headlines on that page? Like 20. Yes. <laughs> Let's move online. A, f- a couple of stories. Citynewsroom.com. <laughs> Release funds to buffer stock company now. Clementa Park to government. Also, food shortage concerns in Eastern Region being addressed, according to Regional Minister. And then 23-year-old student shot at Sofo line. He shot dead. In other stories, set up by partisan committee to probe Islamic SHS incidents, according to the Defense and Interior Committee. And the Western North Minister says the confusion at BBNE was a little misunderstanding. There are quite a number of stories from the NIA interview as well. According to the CEO, over 15 
1.7 million Ghana cards have been issued so far. And it says, our officials and saints, corruption within NIA is being tackled. In other stories, Krachi West residents protest erratic power supply from Netco. And as I said earlier, Eastern Region Charles cancels superzonals over food shortage. MyJournline.com, the lead story, media budget review should inspire more confidence, according to Bedua Bwaji. Also, Ashanti MPP MP6 urgent meeting with Akufuado to discuss World Network. These are MPs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can eat cassava or yam grown at gold mining sites. Metal content of soil pose low risk. I think this was a concern in the previous days. Meanwhile, the Ghana Standards Authority is telling Ghanaians you are handling eggs wrongly. I'll tell you how to handle eggs. And then this story Bank of Ghana reserves decline from 9 billion. To 3 billion finance committee report. This is very serious. We'll come to that as well. Star FM is leading with a two forcing trial. Letters of credit don't constitute payment at Mamenu Tells Court. Also, cause of Atamil's death. Nobody's business. Samuel Atamil's. And then, uh, Oforia Thomas resigned over IMF move. This is Kwabna J. Ajipong. GNA, President Kufado to launch office of the Registrar of Companies today. Let's raise boys to appreciate girls and women. Another one there. And then U.S. Ambassador Lord's government for promoting inclusive growth in northern Ghana. So much to talk about. Let's get into the details. Well, let's go to page 17 of the Ghanaian Times. The mm. teacher union strike is there. Oh, Story by Cliff Ekufu. Now, the Director General of the Ghana Education Service, Professor Kwesi Opokwa Mankwa, mm. has assured that the school calendar for the 2022-23 academic year will not be impacted significantly by the two-week strike action embarked on by teacher unions mm. across the country. Mm. He said, the, as part of the measures put in place to ensure that the lost time during the strike action was recovered, Regional and district directors had been instructed to liaise with the various heads of schools to put in uh, some interventions for the students. These interventions... I I thought you'd given them the cola. This intervention is that included organizing extra classes for the students, especially in the schools whose teachers embarked on the immediate strike action. He spoke to um, the Ghanaian Times via phone. Or is this like a remedial measure to cater for the period of the strike? Yes. Okay, so that's what it is. Let me do education too. But that's what you're saying. Release funds to food buffer stock now. This is Clementa Park to the government. This is the MP for uh, Busa North. He is also the deputy ranking member for education committee. He's urging the government to direct the Ministry of Finance to pay off the debt owed the National Food Buffer Stock Company. Now, as we said, Dr. Aduchum on Wednesday told Parliament that the government owes buffer stock 340 million CDs. Mm. That's a lot of money. Now, the government's indebtedness to the company and other factors allocation and food shortage in some senior high schools in the country. Dr. Apak told the media that it is shocking that despite the approval of over 2 billion CDs this year to support free SHS, government still owes the company. Quote, how come we've allocated and approved 2.3 billion CDs to finance free SHS for 2022 and yet government is unable to pay the food buffer stock company? Then, in, relate, in a related story, Eastern Region Charles cancels Superzo over food shortage. The Eastern Regional Conference of Heads of Assisted Senior High Schools has cancelled the upcoming Superzonal Sports Festival for second cycle schools due to food shortage. At an emergency meeting with all zonal chairpersons in Kofredia, Leadership of Charles directed Zonal Heads to dismiss all athletes who were being camped for the sports festival slated for July 24, 2022. The Charles explained that the host schools will not be able to feed the athletes. Currently, students from seven zones who are training ahead of the Superzo 
to be selected to represent the region at the National Sports Festival on 20th October in Takradi have been left frustrated. Some athletes spoke to City News and asked the zone to rescind their decision. Then if you go to the eastern region still, the minister is now assuring that there will be food. So this is a regional minister food shortage concerns in eastern region being addressed. The eastern regional minister said Kwame Champong has allayed fears of Possible closure of all Saskatchewan schools in the region due to food shortage. He says, although the food items are scarce, measures have been adopted to provide schools in their need of supplies with such items. So those are my education. Well, schools lack proper adequate facilities, according to a report that's on page 28 of the Daily Graphic. Mm-hmm. An independent civil society audit reports of schools infrastructure in rural and urban slum areas mm. has revealed that majority of schools in the county lacks proper and inadequate infrastructure. Mm-hmm. So typically, those with some infrastructure were not disability friendly and also were in a dilapidated state. Mm. It was conducted by the Ghana National Education Campaign Coalition led by Mr. Charles uh, Y. Aheto. Chega. Chega. Mm-hmm. Now, according to the audits uh, they wanted to identify the availability of infrastructure in schools which included teaching and learning materials now mm-hmm. and the availability of libraries labs classrooms in the schools and others were what they discovered and mr uh Chega said the audit findings revealed that 100 percent of schools did not have science labs and 66 percent of schools did not have ict labs as against 33 percent mm. that had for availability of teaching and learning materials he said 90 percent of schools did not have textbooks for students and teachers mm. as against 10% that had 93% of schools as against uh, 10% that had 93% of schools did not have drawings of learners on the walls Charlie. as against 6.7% that had while for conversational posters 60% of schools did not have as against 40% that had this is national survey yeah the audit but they did three regions mm-hmm. the audit he said also established that under availability of ict facilities mm-hmm. so that 96 percent of schools did not have internet and wi-fi connection 73 hmm. percent did not have digital libraries while 93 percent did not have laptops desktops and tablets for teacher usage page four of the ghanaian times hmm. ashanti regional director of urban roads faces sanctions for, for failing to provide speed breakers at islamic shs okay now the, the ashanti regional uh, director of the urban roads is to be sanctioned for failing to provide speed breakers in front of the islamic senior high school mm. leading to the clash between students of the school last month mm-hmm. parliament's defense and interior committee in a report to the plenary of the house on the clash after a fact-finding mission to the school said the department acted after several appeals by the school authority for the speed breakers mm. the clash would have been avoided Meanwhile, the Defense Interior Committee is asking that we set up a bipartisan committee to probe Islamic SHS. I wanted you to read the story on government, um, uh, the state of government finances, the story about the reserves. Yeah, that's on page three of the Herald newspaper. Mm -hmm. According to portions of the report by the Finance Committee on Loan Facility Agreement between the government of Ghana and AfriExim, bank for a loan of up to $750 million, the country would have gone bankrupt without approval of this loan amount. Uh, the committee's report, quoted by Accra based driver further stated that the Bank of Ghana's foreign reserves is dwindling and has moved from $9 billion to about $3 billion. Captain Ferrata indicated that Ghana has over the past recent years accessed financing from the international capital market and domestic bond market to support the implementation of its budget. There's an interesting angle there because uh, Joy has a story that claims that the figure is three billion. But George, we have few rights for the station. He's saying that Ghana's reserve declined from eight point one billion in May 2022 to seven point six billion in June 2022, and not three billion as captured in the Finance Committee's report. So we have to just clarify whether the amount is now billion. billion. Because even though the website mentions seven point six, he then tweets 
after the story and says it's three billion, uh, seven billion, billion, not three. So I'm not sure whether the figure from the finance committee was the right figure they were given, okay. whether we need to investigate this. But I just wanted to give you a couple of quick stories from that same website. Ashanti MPs seek urgent meeting with Akufado to discuss mm. network. You heard it on City Newsroom this morning. The MP for Ash- uh, MPs for Ashanti region have called for an urgent meeting with the president over the poor nature of roads in their region. General of the Ashanti caucus, Kwame Nyanyi Bedouin, said all those some roads have been fixed and the commend government for that. More needs to be done as there's a lot of pressure from their constituents. Then he mentions roads like Kwabre East. Roads within Kwabre East are bad. Mansue Dubian Kwanta, Bantama, Kwadasua, Santiachim North and South. So virtually all the constituencies have some concerns which are roads. This is interesting because when we went through the list of 10 roads that were to be done with the 750, mm-hmm. a large majority were from the Ashanti That's and the Eastern region. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure if, if other MPs also say they are going to meet the president, the president will suffer <laughs> this week on the road matter. But let me give you two food stories. You can eat cassava or yam grown at gold mining sites. Metal content of the soil pose low risk. A story by Emmanuel Kwesi Debra says, there have been concerns over the consumption of root tubers like cassava yam and cocoa yam found at gold mining sites. This is because many believe the heavy metals have the potential to be harmful to human health. But news from scientists at KNUST chemistry department have allayed such fears. Study published this year in the International Journal of Environmental Health Research, root tubers were found to be safe for consumption as the scientists concluded the metals posed less risk. Meanwhile, the Ghana Science Authority says you are handling eggs wrongly. <laughs> now, the conventional way of handling eggs, including the sale of broken eggs for consumption, have been identified as posing a public health risk. According to the Ghana Standards Authority and the Ghana National Eggs Consumption Secretariat, I didn't know there was an egg consumption secretariat, the way eggs are handled on the market is below standard. Reps of the two organizations said this at a workshop held in Kumasi on Thursday. Now, players in the egg production and marketing industry are therefore entreated to comply with the standards to ease export of the commodity to neighboring countries. Now, what, how are we handling eggs? Speaking on the general requirement of eggs, Amokwete of the Ghana Standards Authority says, Vendors and buyers must assess the weight, color, and neatness of eggs. You don't produce the egg, but you have control over the final product. You have to look out for discoloration, brokenness. When you buy an egg, we advise that the crates should not be returned to the farmers. The, this helps reduce the microbial circulation in the egg industry, he said. And then somebody also uh, indicated that standardization of eggs would allow for exports to regional international markets. Well, the headline said the, we are handling eggs wrongly. Now, it says if the eggs are dirty, the price will come down. So don't return the crates. Don't uh, make the eggs dirty. And then a few other things to make sure that the eggs integrity is maintained. So... Those of you like your ex with your watch, you know what to do. <laughs> well, uh, page three of the Chronicle has uh, Samuel Atamil speaking. Hmm. Now, he's a member of parliament for Commend I Deny Grafue Brem, and mm-hmm. he's a brother to the late President John Evans Atamils. Mm-hmm. He's bluntly told Ghanaians that how his brother died could not be anyone's business. Mm. On the contrary, he wants Ghanaians to focus on the good works of his late brother. And there's a quote mm. I just hope and wish that Ghanaians will focus on what he did instead of how he died mm. because it's none of any anybody's business hey. quote. and he said this on the floor of parliament all right let me take you to the front page of the daily graphic if your sutherland uh, park loses shine mm. story says that there seems to be no end in sight to the deterioration at the state-owned if for sutherland children's park the one-time vibrant park strategically located in the heart of accra is on its knees mm. in its glorious days the facility was a center of attraction for many families who sent their children there special on public holidays and weekends to have fun mm-hmm. also schools and various groups hosted programs such as the award-winning italian Il Florilego Circus Fun Fest, among others. Hmm. However, for 
more than a decade, the one-time vibrant park has been left inactive. This is in sharp contrast to private parks in the national capital, which have been well-kept and continue to receive patronage. That's good. Um, according to the trip, the, the, uh, when the graphic went there, mm-hmm. over gra- overgrown grass covered many parts of the 14-acre park, while playground equipment such as swings, children's train, merry-go-round and slides have been left to the mercy of the weather with some already Rusty mm-hmm. attempts to reach the Ministry of Gender, Children and Social Protection for common hit a snack as officials were not ready to provide answers right. to inquiries. Mm-hmm. Well, if you stay with um, infrastructure that needs upgrading, mm-hmm. uh, the 110 year old Gossip Municipal Hospital is crying for retooling. Oh, now, the James, Dr. James Ankoma, this is on the back page of the Ghanaian Times, the mm-hmm. medical superintendent. There, uh, in an interview with the Guardian Times on Wednesday, August, so said the hospital was established in 1912, but it mm-hmm. needed to be expanded and retooled mm. to respond to the needs of the growing population. He said the hospital also needed medical equipment, uh, equipment for anesthesia, uh, cardiotocography, physiotherapy, all the things they need mm. to make it a model. You want to do support? Let me give you two business stories quickly. Mother company of Polytank Mohinani Group to open first bottle. Uh, PET plant in mm. Ghana. So this is a good one. Parent company of Polytank Group is set to invest over $60 million to open Ghana's first bottle to bottle recycling plant to supply food grade PET recycled uh, uh, bottles. Nice. Then, while that's good, there's a story here from Setuma Kwabwa. He says the benchmark values has destroyed many businesses. That mm. issue is set to come back. You know, once there's going to be a, a parliamentary budget issue, some industries have gone down because of benchmark value. This is the CEO of the AGI. He's called for a review of the benchmark <laughs> value discount policy. According to him, <laughs> introduction of the benchmark value has been injurious to the growth and development of the local manufacturing industry, leading to the a contraction of the local economy. They know what to do. <laughs> if they want it, they know what to do. It's not easy. Page 46, Bernard, this day was good news. Cover awards. Sadio Mane. Oh, and forget then we, we your money. Ali forget yes, that's what I want to tell you about. Forget Sadio. Forget, forget Sadio money. He's left Liverpool. Evelyn Badu wins <laughs> double at Kafa Wars. This is the one we want. Ghana Norwegian side Alvadness's Evelyn Badu mm-hmm. last night celebrated a double feat on the podium mm-hmm. for the Confederation of Africa Football Awards as she backed two awards mm-hmm. at the ceremony held in Rabat. Uh, on a night that Senegal's men dominated, that was Badu, who last season was part of Second D. Hazaka's squad was crowned the Inter Club best. Player mm-hmm. and the young player of the year 2021. That was very good. Even though they missed out on the, the trophy, she, she was well, a yeah, good I mean, player. She was, she she's, was, a, she's a fantastic she's player. She's now on, in Norway. She, she's yes, in Norway. fantastic player. Forget Sadio Mani. I won't, I, won't, I won't forget Sadio Mani. Thank you very much, uh, Nathan. Thank you, Godfrey. Coming up next is the City Business News. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. City Business News coming up next. Brought to you by Enterprise Live. And Goyle, as well as MTN. Now, the Goyle is alerting the public of a fraudulent fuel subsidy promotion scheme with a link being circulated on social media platforms. The promotion encourages unsuspecting customers to join a fake trivia, which will award winners a sum of 500 cities, among other freebies. 
Some suspected members of the syndicate have gone the extra length to confirm with fake accounts how they've successfully redeemed their rewards. Now, Goyal is urging the public to ignore the said fuel subsidy promotion as it is a scam. The company always shall duly inform the public of forthcoming promotional activities. Now, any information you need on Goyal, go to our official website www.goyal.com.gh and other corporate social media handles for authentic information on promotions, products and services. News brought to us by Enterprise Live as well. Ladies, enjoy a cover for your lifestyle with Bloom, a life insurance for today's woman. Families can safeguard their well-being with our family income security plan. And for you, there's no restriction or limits as you cover your loved ones and yourself. Call 0554-0554-001924 for more information. And Momo is giving you back a 100% bonus whenever you buy airtime from your wallet. That's two times the airtime you need. Schedule your airtime purchase of any amount, daily, weekly, or monthly. Dial star 170 hash select option 3 and follow the process or simply dial star 170 star 311 hash for superb airtime purchase experience. The, the, the City Breakfast Show. Friday edition of City Business News. Vivian Kailuko is here with the news. Good morning. Good morning, Bernard. We'll start with SNIT because it has objected to calls for a reform of the scheme. The Trades Union Congress has argued that the scheme only favors a few privileged people and hence must be overhauled. The opposition comes on the back of data from SNIT, which revealed that its highest paid pensioner earned over 140,000 CDs per month, while the least stood at about 300 CDs. The director General of the Social Security and National Insurance Trust, SNIT, Dr. Fori Tenkrime, believes the position of TUC does not hold enough grounds for the reorganization. I don't think that disparity in itself is enough to form a good basis for reform. The reason is very simple. SNIT is an insurance company. All SNIT does is insure the incomes of workers. So just like people will take their car of different models, and go to an insurance company to buy insurance on that car so that the car gets replaced in the case of theft or accident. So that SNIT, uh, and all that SNIT does is insure people's income. So in this country, there may be people who are earning 500 Ghana cities a month, and there are people who are earning 10,000 Ghana cities a month, there are people who are earning 20,000 Ghana cities a month, and so on. And there are people who are earning 100,000 Ghana cities a month. All these people have the uh, um, uh, dispensation to walk into SNET and insure their incomes. And the payments, when you come to SNET to insure, what you are looking for is for a replacement of what you have come to insure. So if you came to insure 500 Ghana cities, you will be paid the equivalent of the 500 Ghana cities. And if you came to insure 20,000 Ghana cities, you'll be paid the equivalent of the 20,000 Ghana cities. So the gap is always going to be there as long as people earn different salaries in different jobs. That was the Director General of the Social Security and National Insurance Trust, Mr. Dr. John Ufari-Tenkar. Now, the Minister for Communications, Esla Usu-Ekufel, has warned that the deadline for the registration of SIM cards in Ghana will not be extended for a second time. The exercise, which began on 1st October last year, was originally scheduled to end on 31st March this year, but was extended by the Sector Ministry to 31st July this year because over 7.5 
million citizens and residents at the time were yet to obtain their Ghana card to enable them register their SIM cards. According to the minister, over 12 million Ghanaians have so far linked their Ghana cards to their SIM cards. Now, speaking at a forum by the National Communications Authority in Kumasi, she stated that the exercise will ultimately help build a credible and safe SIM card database here in Ghana. Most people access their internet through their mobile devices. We must make sure that they do so safely. We must make it difficult for the criminals who hack our systems and defraud us through multiple online channels to operate. And this SIM registration exercise is one of the steps the government is taking in that regard. Essentially, this stresses the point that this registration exercise will enable the establishment of a subscriber database with integrity to keep consumers safe from scams and fraud. It is therefore the responsibility of all of us who own SIM-enabled devices to take part in this registration exercise. I therefore take this opportunity to urge all who have not registered or are yet to register their SIM cards to do so. The deadline of 31st July is a few days away. It will not be extended. Minister for Communications, Esla Kufu. Now, plastic waste management in the country will witness the boost as parent company of Polytanks. Mohinani Group is set to invest over $16 million to open Ghana's first bottle-to-bottle recycling plant to supply food-grade RPET of European standards. Now, the group notes that the investment is in line with the company's commitment to help address the plastic waste menace in the country. Now, speaking at an event to launch the plant, the executive director of the Mohinani Group, Ashok Mohinani, called for more stakeholder engagement to further tackle issues surrounding waste in the country. PET is the primary plastic found in water bottles, and the food grade RPET we will be producing is used for producing new PET bottles. The plant will produce RPET by sourcing post consumer PET bottles and waste. The recycled food safe RPET can then be used to create new bottles and other high quality food grade packaging produced as per global standards through the company's own preformed production lines. We are expected to commence operations in late 2023 with a full capacity being reached in early 2024. This investment is in line with the group's commitment to meet both ours and Ghana's sustainability goals. We are grateful to, many, to, to have many of our existing customers and partners in the audience today. Some of you spoke, but all of them have sustainability goals of their own, and we are certain with this project we'll be able to help them reach their own goals. We are encouraging stakeholders in the sustainability and recycling space to engage with us in forming alliances stroke partnerships to see how we can further tackle issues surrounding waste in Ghana. Ashok Mohinani is the executive director of the Mohinani Group. Let's now join Gillian Hammer of Data Bank for more on the topic why your time horizon is important in knowing how long to hold your mutual fund. It is important to know why you are investing because that is one key indicator of how long you can hold your money in an investment. So if you will need your money in the immediate or short term, 
which is less than three years. You should stick with fixed income investments like M-Fund, Edifund Tier 1, or Treasure Bills, as there is very little volatility in their performance. If you have three to five years to invest before you plan to do any major withdrawal from your money, then you can introduce balanced funds like ARC Fund, B Fund, and even Edifund Tier 2. Note that this can be in addition to the fixed income investments I mentioned. It does not have to be one or the other. If your time horizon is longer than 5 years, however, I would even say more than 10 years, then you can add equity investments to your portfolio like EPAC and shares. The important thing is to match your time horizon with your investments. Gillian Hammer of Data Bank. Well, that's it for the breakfast edition of City Business News brought to you by Gall Enterprise Life and citybusinessnews.com. My name is Vivian Kai Loco. Have a good business day. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag CityCBS. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. Ten minutes past seven, City Breakfast Show. If you know me money, no call me. If you know now is your SIM card still not registered? No call me, buddy. Don't forget July 31 is the last day for this to happen. You cannot make voice calls, mobile money service or internet or other service linked to your SIM card if you don't register it by 31st July. Register your Vodafone SIM card now and get free 1 gig data and 100 minutes talk time. Your registration is not complete until your biometric is captured. Visit the nearest Vodafone retail center or agent to complete your SIM registration today and access your free 1 gig data and 100 minutes of talk time. And from the 1st of July, all charging entities will be connected to the Ghana Revenue Authority Common Platform. This will ensure that the 100 CD exemption per person on daily basis is enforced across all platforms. Link your Ghana card to your bank accounts and mobile money numbers to enjoy the e-levy exclusions. Let your taxes work for you and let's build Ghana together. Message brought to you by GRA, the government of Ghana and the people of Ghana. Speaking about tax, this morning on the City Business Festival's uh, replay segment, I'm taking you into the conversation I had with Ismail bin Ibrahim, Deputy Managing Partner Ali Nachi and Associates. We spoke in June on unraveling the tax maze for SMEs. It was part of the City Business Festival on S series. We are bringing you some selected highlights of those conversations this period in July. Interview was first aired on 8th June. And he spoke about how to go about your taxes, how to manage your tax payments, and what options there are for SMEs in terms of tax reliefs. That's the City Business Edition coming up next. The, the, the City Breakfast Show. Please wait. Oh, please wait. Please wait until I get my new car. Please wait. I'm gonna get me some love, love, some bad. Yeah. 
Hello and welcome to another episode of the City Business Edition here on 97.3 City FM and I am your host Michael Obudu. This week on the show we'll continue from where we left off last week as we were bringing you conversations around micro, small and medium enterprises that was part of this year's City Business Festival Honor Series. Last week we had the host of the City Breakfast Show, Bernard Avle, engage with Audrey Abaka, the head of SME and partnerships at Absa Bank on practical finance tips for SMEs. This week, we will be unraveling the tax maze for SMEs and Bernard Avle interacted with Ismail Ibn Ibrahim, the deputy managing partner for tax firm Ali Nachia and Associates. Take a listen. Ibrahim, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Bernard. So you are the deputy managing partner. Tell me about Ali Nachia and Associates. What do you guys do? Alina Chen Associates is a law firm. We specialize particularly in tax law, but we provide other corporate uh, legal services and then general legal services as well. I was told that of all the courses in law people do, tax is very hard. Some of my mates in law school said a tax part of law. So you're a tax lawyer? Yes, I am a tax lawyer. Well, is tax law as hard as people make it seem? Um, it's a bit technical. Given the fact that I've been in it for a while, I wouldn't say it's as hard as people see it. And I, I decided to do tax law because of Ali Nacha. He was my lecturer in school and he made it really fun. So right after law school, I decided to enter tax law and started practicing. I know a lot of companies are very concerned about tax, so they would, they would definitely not take their taxes for granted. But for SMEs, how big is the tax question for a small company? So I start my own pineapple mixture company or my shitter company. Is it a kind of Enterprise that I should start thinking about tax. So at what point does tax become part of the conversation for small businesses? I mean, not just small businesses, but for everyone, tax must immediately become part of the conversation mm. because the GRE or the state, whether or not you like it, is a de facto shareholder in your business, or let me put it, a by force shareholder. And whether or not you make, uh, when you make profits, whether or not you declare dividends, mm-hmm. they will share in your profit. And mind you, financial accounting is way different from tax accounting. So whilst you might be making losses in financial accounting, you might be making a profit in tax accounting, and still GRE comes to collect its share. And so depending on how you manage your affairs, if you do not take time, they'll be having a larger chunk of your profits if you are not compliant with the tax law. Mm-hmm. So it's imperative that every business, no matter how small, once you start, you focus on your taxes and deal with it. Otherwise, I, I, I love it on the point of that. Is that financial accounting is not from tax accounting? Yes. Because I was just looking through some company reports and all that, like banks, they're all saying they made profit. Yeah. Now, quite a number of them make profit before tax. A lot of them made profit before tax. Some still made profit after tax. When you say there's tax accounting and financial accounting, can you elaborate on that? So I'll give you a, t- a typical point of difference. Mm-hmm. For example, depreciation. A company might have its depreciation policy, which allows it to depreciate at a certain rate. But when you come to tax law, depreciation is specifically provided in the law. And so you must take to that. And then we do not give deduction for depreciation. We give deduction for what we call capital allowance. Another point is in deductible expenses. For example, you do your repairs, you might want to deduct all of it in financial accounting. But when it comes to tax accounting, because of the tax law, there is a limit to what you can deduct. So you have to be cautious that what you're doing financially uh, might should correspond with what is happening in tax law. Otherwise, you might be making profit. And you so people are notice. people are more creative when it comes to to to, to profit. I remember when I was in business school, the lecturer used to say cash is king. Yeah. Because 
depending on how we feel, we can say we made a profit. Exactly. But cash is the main barometer of a company's health. That's what he said, and I think he explained that. Is that the kind of thing you're saying in terms of even the differences again, so that when it comes to tax, what the tax person is looking for is not based on what I want to do, gross profit, you want to do operating profit. Basically, they have a certain number they are looking for. Once they see that, or once they see that ratio, they are going to tax you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you are looking at deductions, mm -hmm. because tax law is specific with what you can deduct. For example, there's this expression that you can only deduct what is wholly, exclusively, and necessarily incurred. Bernard, if you are doing your business, you might say that I took person A to a restaurant and I incurred so much, so I'm deducting it. But the taxman would ask you whether it is necessary for you to incur that expense, for example, in your legal practice. If it's not the case, it might not be deductible. And there is a practice where businesses might have a separate financial statement for the banks, and they have a different one for the taxman. Because they want the banks to see that they are financially liquid, they might do the right thing over there, increase the amounts. But because it will be a different consequence on the tax man, they'll reduce what they are earning. So there's actually a difference between financial accounting and tax accounting. So in that respect, people who own companies, what law must they start reading to acquaint themselves? Because you keep making reference to the law. Yeah. So when it comes to tax accounting, it's the law. It's the law. So it's not based on the method you were taught, whether you were taught in the German school or the British school. Mm -hmm. So which laws come to mind when we talk about tax? The first law you have to look at is the Income Tax Act. 2015 Act 896. Mm -hmm. If you are registered under VAT, you must look at the Value Added Tax Act 2013 Act 870. Mm -hmm. These laws also have their regulations. We have the LI 2244 for mm -hmm. income tax regulations. We have the LI 2243 mm -hmm. for VAT regulations. And then there is also the Revenue Administration Act, which is the act that administers all the taxes. That's where you have the offenses, the penalties, the time for filing your tax and all that. Mm -hmm. So these are the three main laws you have to look at. There are other laws, depending on what you do, the Customs Act, mm -hmm. the Excise Tax Act, and what have you. But these are the three but main laws. the three laws. main ones should be the, the, the ones you should look out for. So when we talk for. about small and medium-sized organizations, from off the top of your head, what, what are their main tax obligations? So maybe I'll give an example. I produce shito. I like the shito example. Yeah. I make shito. I package it. I sell it in these uh, filling stations. I'm thinking of exporting, but I'm not yet there. Yeah. For a busy business like that, I produce all my raw materials from here. Maybe I import the glass from some place. What would typically be my tax obligations? So, unfortunately, we do not particularly have uh, tailor-made tax obligations for SMEs. The tax obligations run across. The main thing you have to look out for is filing your income tax returns. And then there's a self-estimate return. I'll explain these things. Mm -hmm. You have to look out for withholding tax and withholding tax returns. And again, if you're registrable under VAT, you have to look out for filing your VAT returns. So in terms of the income tax return, mm -hmm. this is when you have completed the year, what we call the basis period. Mm -hmm. And then you want to tell the GRA, this is how much I made, these are my expenses, this is my, what we call the chargeable income after deducting your expenses, and so I'm supposed to pay so much tax. You usually file the tax return around April of the next year. So for example, for 2022, you have to look out to be able to file your tax return by April of 2023. Now on the self-estimate assessment or self-assessment estimate is where at the beginning of the year, say by March, you tell the GRA, this is how much I anticipate making in the year. 
and this is how much my taxes is going to be. And so you are going to pay on a quarterly basis. That is what we call the self-estimate assessment. You have the opportunity to revise mm. this along the line. But if you are looking at micro, micro, uh, what's it called, businesses or micro enterprises, mm-hmm. there's what we call the tax stamp, mm. where they, they have an amount they have to pay on a quarterly basis. Mm-hmm. But even with a micro enterprise, you are talking about barbers, hairdressers, what have you, the law says that they, the, the tax they pay on a quarterly basis is on account. Mm. And so they still have the responsibility to file their tax returns. And that's why I say we do not particularly have any tailor-made uh, tax obligations for SMEs, the cuts across board. So when you said the company must pay income tax, this is the corporate income. Corporate income Not tax. personal income. So what if in the example I give, I work with three people. So I am the CEO, and then I have a sales girl, and then I have two people who help me with transportation, and I pay them salaries. Who does the filing of what? So I've done the income tax for the whole company. Do I also need to do PAYE for them? Yes, uh, but that's under withholding taxes. One of the responsibilities of employers, you have the obligation to withhold taxes from their salaries and then pay to the revenue authority. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a slight twist here. Mm-hmm. Um, when Act 896 was introduced, mm-hmm. an employee did not have to file his returns if their only source of income was from employment. Mm-hmm. But there was an amendment where that was taken out which technically means now even employees have to file their returns. So after your employer has filed your PAYE return, you still have the obligation to go and file your personal income tax. The practical difficulty with this, and I usually ask, even in the GRE, is it the case that every single employee of GRE is filing their personal income tax? That's the practical difficulty. Mm -hmm. But as far as the law is concerned, now even employees have the responsibility to file their returns after their PAY has been filed. So even if your company is paying you 5,000 CDs and they file that based on your team, if you earn another 1,000 from other activities, the law enjoins you to. But that's interesting because some companies file group. So maybe you have 60 employees you sort of pay them their salary and then you jointly send their tax thing mm-hmm. and then the GRE distinguishes from that. Yeah. So now if you're an individual within that 60, how are you going to set up for yourself? It's a bit complicated, isn't it? You see, ideally when an employer withholds taxes from you, mm-hmm. it's their responsibility to give you a withholding tax certificate. So this is another thing that practically employers are not doing. Mm. So if Bernard is employed by me mm. and I withhold, I give him a withholding tax certificate for every month that I'm withholding from him. At the end of the year, when we enter April, mm-hmm. he can go and file his own returns, especially if he has other income from other sources. Now, that was the basis on which the law said that if an employee's only source of income was from employment, they didn't have to file returns. But if they had other sources of income, then they have to file returns. Mm-hmm. But that was taken out. And so whether or not you have other sources of income, you still have to file your tax returns. Oh. So you've spoken about the S company, the, the law not distributing a small business and large business. So you file your corporate income, and then you file the returns for your employees. What about VAT? Does it depend on what kind of business you're in? VAT depends on the threshold. Mm. There's a threshold for 200,000 CDs that if you reach within the course of the year, you have to register and file the tax. If you are making, say, 50,000 in a quarter 
or say you anticipate in the next nine months you are going to make the 200,000 Ghana seed, then you have to register for VAT. So we have what we call the taxable supplies, and, and literally most supplies are taxable supplies. Unless you are exempt or you are providing a zero-rated service. Mm-hmm. Even the zero-rated service, it doesn't mean you're exempt. Mm-hmm. It means you're charging VAT at 0%, okay. but you still have to file the return. Mm-hmm. So if you're a small business who reaches a th- which reaches a threshold, you have the obligation to file. Mm-hmm. There's also the voluntary registration, mm-hmm. because you might have big businesses asking you, where is your VAT? So if you voluntarily wish to register for VAT, you can also register for the VAT. But you cannot deregister unless after two years, once you register. So VAT is based on threshold. So that suggests that even companies that are supposed to be SMEs, on the definition of threshold, a lot of them will qualify to... to, Yes, they will qualify. If you are looking at especially the medium enterprises, for example, when before the restructuring of GRA, mm-hmm. they had a medium tax office which took care of uh, companies with turnover from around 90,000 to 5 million Ghana cities. So most medium enterprises are, will, going, yes, to are going to be. So there are very few companies that would not charge VAT. Yes, very few. Maybe like a small barber shop or something. Exactly. The rest. But what about records though? So if I'm a, I'm a company, how do I know even how much I earn? Some companies don't know. Maybe I have a barber in Taifa. Is it how maybe you can tell me how you help them know? Because if, if the tax official comes to my barber shop and says, Oh, me, I'm, I'm a small shop, I don't earn up to uh, 200,000 in a year, and they want to check, how will they find out? I mean, if you are looking at the typical barber, not the data bar kind of barbering shops yeah. which are making huge sums of money, mm-hmm. the typical barber or hairdresser is subject to the tax stamp, okay, where you have. Um, a design, allocated amount that you have to pay every quarter and it's because they have the trouble of gathering records and what have you but even then they are not relieved from filing tax returns mm-hmm. so for a typical bar but you can have your cash book where you are writing mm-hmm. how much you make and, and all of that mm-hmm. I mean record keeping is the, is, is the bane of our economy because we have a largely informal market mm-hmm. and so I can understand the practical difficulty especially with micro businesses mm-hmm. but for small and medium enterprises they should be able to get someone to help them with their records we're discussing how SMEs can recover post-COVID my guest is Ishmael Ibn Ibrahim he is the Deputy Managing Partner for Ali National Associates, their tax consulting firm, is giving us all the insights into taxes for your SME. So you've said the government doesn't distinguish between size of business, except, of course, the tax stamp versus the main laws. So I think one of the key things people complain to me about is actually the taxes are too many. And they want a way of managing their tax. Of course, we need a legal way. So are there any general tips you can give to companies, small businesses, in how to manage their tax obligations in a way that does not necessarily destroy their, ta- their cash flow. Okay. Um, in terms of managing so that your cash flow is not affected, mm-hmm. the first point will be your self-estimate assessment or self-assessment estimate. Mm-hmm. Now, as I explained earlier, this is a situation where you are telling the GRE how much you anticipate you make in the year mm-hmm. and how much taxes you are supposed to pay. So, for example, if you anticipate you make a 1,000 cities in a year mm-hmm. and your tax liability, just for example, would be around 200 cities, you could reduce your estimation because you need 
time value of money, you could reduce your tax estimation to say 150 cities so that you have extra 50. Because there's the opportunity for you to review your assessment in the course of the year. Mm -hmm. In the course of the year, you make sure that you review the assessment to what it's supposed to be, or any extra you make, you review to that effect. Mm -hmm. Now, the, the, the point here to note is not to overly underestimate because there's a penalty for underestimating tax less than 90% of what you actually owe. And so you have to make sure that if you reduce your estimation along the line, you review to the right amount. The other thing I can say is that you take advantage of the opportunity to apply for extensions. Now you're supposed to file your return mm -hmm. and pay the tax at the time you're filing your return. Mm -hmm. If you anticipate you'll not be able to have the money mm -hmm. to pay the taxes, you can apply to the Commissioner General for an extension of time within which to pay your tax or to file your return. These are ways that can help you. If you're a very compliant taxpayer, there's opportunity for you to apply for exemption from withholding tax. Now, withholding tax is when you are paying for a service and then they withhold a tax in advance from you. Mm -hmm. And so if you do not want to be suffering the withholding, that is people withholding from you, you can apply for an exemption from withholding tax. That allows you some cash flow. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing is the general point, which is about tax planning. Mm -hmm. Arranging your affairs in such a manner that you are not overly paying taxes. Mm -hmm. it's, your opportunity, it's, it's your responsibility to pay tax. Mm -hmm. but you do not have a duty to pay a tip on the mm -hmm. tax. Mm -hmm. So you make sure you arrange your affairs in such a way that you're not valid paying tax. And let me say this. Mm -hmm. The first point in tax, in tax planning is tax compliance mm -hmm. because you do not want to be mocked with penalties and interest for failure to comply with the tax law. So that's the first point of tax planning. And then the other areas will be taking advantage of the incentives. And the but you said something about the estimates. Who determines it? Is it a discretionary issue? So it's the opportunity for you to self-assess. Mm -hmm. So in the beginning of the year, mm -hmm. I'm going to make 20,000 Ghana cities based on what I've done previously. Mm -hmm. Now, mind you, the commissioner has the right to review your assessment. Please. But largely, this opportunity is given for you to self-assess. Mm -hmm. and, and let me just take this, put this in. When it comes to tax administration, mm -hmm. the authority relies heavily on voluntary compliance. Mm. So it's up to the individuals, the taxpayers, the companies to voluntarily comply with the tax law, which helps the state. Mm -hmm. So that's why you're given the opportunity to self-assess and determine mm -hmm. how much tax you're supposed to pay. When the year comes to the end, then you can file your returns and state how much you actually made. But this can be audited mm -hmm. anyway. So. Is there anything like a tax holiday or tax window for startups in our law. I think there was some suggestion in the budget about something like that. Is there anything like that where if I start a company in the first few years, I'm tax exempt? Yeah, there are, there are what we call the tax concessions or concessionary periods. Mm -hmm. So these are mainly for farming industries. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I, the specific details, for example, farming tree crops, you have 10 years from the beginning where you pay 1% tax. If you are into livestock apart from cattle and fish mm -hmm. it's five years if you're into cattle farming you have 10 years and you're paying one percent tax if you're into algo processing i think it's around five years or 10 years from the beginning mm -hmm. and there's also an incentive for young entrepreneurs mm -hmm. young entrepreneurs are people below the age of 35 years mm -hmm. so for young entrepreneurs you have a breather of five years where you're not paying tax and after that you might be paying tax at 15% or 12.5 depending on the location of your business mm. so these are some of the incentives that you could take advantage of is you're talking about um, writing to the Commissioner General 
for deferment. Yes. Under what conditions will he say yes? So what? What? what I can't just say, Honourable Amisha, I'm hustling. So give me a deferment. Yeah. Should are there? What? What? This? What? How does he exercise the decision to say yes to me? Have written and said whatever. What that? What does he look out for? I mean, from my from my experience, it's usually based on your past records how compliant you've been, and then if you have a reasonable excuse as to why you cannot file your tax at a particular point in time. Mm -hmm. Now, some the, the biggest challenge of some businesses is mm -hmm. when they have their audited financial statement. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's, it's delayed, it's protracted, so that by the time you are supposed to file your returns, it's not ready. This is a reasonable excuse why you are not able to file your returns. But other than that, you cannot wake up one day and say, I don't feel like filing my returns, let me ask for an extension. You have to have something reasonable to show why you cannot file. Or maybe your, your, your business is not doing well. And you are having, for example, or your debtors are not, you, are, you owe people. Or they owe you, they are not paying. Or depending on the nature of your business, let's say you're a self-employed person, you are mm. out of the country, mm. you're unable to put things together to file a return or pay your tax, you could write a letter. But this this power is granted reservedly. Mm. They, they really make sure that you have a reasonable excuse mm. to be given this opportunity. I was talking to some business owner who said she was frustrated because, and this is VAT, she's saying that people have supplied, she supplied things to people and people have not paid yet GRA says she owes so she has to pay and she's basically saying well the person hasn't brought the money to me so why do I owe and apparently that's the law I don't know if you can explain that yeah so that's one of the practical difficulties when it comes to VAT I, I have always explained to businesses mm -hmm. for example you supply something with 200,000 galaxies mm -hmm. the person is paying you in 7 or 6 installments but you issue an invoice for 200,000 Ghana cities, you owe the tax immediately. Immediately at once? Yes, because you have issued the invoice. And so what is practical to do is that if the person is paying in installments, then you issue the invoice according to how much is being paid. That may be the sensible thing to that, do. Yes. Once you issue the invoice, the tax is due, and the, you are supposed to pay it by the next month, the last day of the next month. And so what's your excuse? You've issued the invoice. That's interesting. So, if a, a way of legally getting around that is to issue the invoice on the basis of the payment plan. Yes. So, you come to pay me, I give you an invoice. Otherwise, you might be shooting yourself in the foot, and it doesn't make business sense for you not to get the money or not to have the money, and you would have issued the invoice for the whole amount. So, if, if, you, if you have enough cash, you can take the responsibility. Let me issue the invoice. I'll pay the output. The person will come and pay me. Mm -hmm. But if you're not in the position to pay the output out, out front, then it's better that you issue the invoice based on what is given to you. Mm. This is very interesting, and I'm sure there are a lot of people who are concerned about this. The other issue that has come up is the calculation of the VAT flat rate scheme thing. So, again, can you explain? Apparently, it was 4%. And then we are told now it's 19.125. I don't know if you can explain what's going on there. So there's a, there's a standard VAT, mm -hmm. and then there's a flat rate. Okay. The standard VAT is where you are looking at the 
12.5% VAT component itself, mm-hmm. the NHIL and GET fund of 2.5 each, mm-hmm. and then the COVID levy of 1%, mm-hmm. which technically gives around 19.25. So whilst maybe the politicians might be saying VAT is still 17.5%, technically you are paying 19.25%, mm-hmm. which makes it go higher mm-hmm. and causes an increase in prices. Mm-hmm. And then there's a flat rate, which is at 3%, plus your COVID levy of 1%. The flat rate applies to importers and wholesale, uh, import retailers and wholesalers. But now they've got a threshold mm-hmm. of 200,000 mm-hmm. where you would be applying the flat rate so that they are not unnecessarily worrying businesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So has that brought more people into the tax net? Because I hear uh, more companies are complaining. See, my personal challenge, and this is not the opinion of my firm or anything, mm-hmm. my personal challenge is that we've always discussed widening the tax net but what we are doing is deepening the tax net the same people who are paying are suffering more and more but now i'll give you this example when it's time for elections Mm -hmm. you can get people to go to all the nooks and crannies all the corners in the country to get people to register to vote Mm. if we make the effort to go to every corner of our country for informal businesses to register for the vat we'll be raking in more and the wider we go, the more we make. The more we make. Because if you go deep on 100 and you go wide on 1,000, exactly. you're going to earn more exactly. going wide on the 1,000 than going deep on the 100. So with all these changes, the tax-compliant guys are getting more taxed. Yes. But the non-compliant are still getting away. Still getting away. For example, there is a modified taxation in the second schedule of the Act, mm-hmm. which you find the presumptive taxation. Mm-hmm. So for businesses that are making around 20000 to 200000 there's a 3% uh, income tax on your revenue. This has been in the act since 2015. Mm-hmm. I don't know when it's going to be applied. It's not yet been applied. It's not yet been applied. Amazing stuff. So, as a way of going forward, just reiterate the tips for your tax planning for small business. You 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 mentioned some key points I wanted to highlight again. You said I think number one, make sure you're tax compliant. Make sure you're paying. Yes. Make sure you're registered. And then you said a few other things. So the first one, be tax compliant. Mm-hmm. The second thing, when it comes to filing your self-estimate, you can slightly reduce it mm-hmm. so that you have use of your money and then along the line you review it. Mm-hmm. And then you can take advantage of the incentives in the Act. So for self-employed peoples especially, there, there are the personal tax reliefs, dependent spouse, thousand cities, for every child that you are mm-hmm. taking to school, you have 600 mm-hmm. per child, up to three children, mm-hmm. all these things. A young entrepreneur can take advantage of the incentive in the Act, which allows you a concessionary period of five years. Um, there is also the concessionary period for farming industries and, and what have you. Mm-hmm. And then the expenses, deductible expenses. You take advantage of the capital allowance provisions, mm-hmm. deduction of repairs and maintenance, and what are you? Mm. Those are those are within the confines of the law, mm. but to the extreme, uh, some of us could come in and help you with some tax. Plans. There are lots of small businesses which have not registered to pay tax. I remember when the uh, e-levy team was doing their education, they were saying, if you make a payment to a tax-paying entity on some of the platforms, it is e-levy exempt. So they're trying to encourage these companies to register with the registrar general, register with the, the, uh, the, what do you call it, the GRA, so that people can be exempt. I just don't know what you think for small businesses. At what point should they register to be taxed? Because I know a lot of them who still don't want to get known. They, they, I'll give an example. So sometimes I go and buy something from a shop. The barber I go to 
I can pay with the star 170 hash. He's a registered merchant. So I'm sure he pays tax because he's registered as a business. And I think you cannot register as a business if you don't have some record. But there's some shop I go to buy food. When I have to pay Momo, they don't give me the star 170. They just say pay to my Momo number. So the barber, I pay star 170 as a merchant. But this shop, they just say, oh, send to my Momo and add charges. They still haven't registered as a merchant, which I find is interesting. And this company makes more money than the barber. You know, the, the thing with our system is that there is not proper communication between the institutions. Mm -hmm. For example, there's a difference between registering your company and registering with the GRA. Okay. There are companies that are not <clears throat> in the books of the registrar general, mm -hmm. but they still pay tax because GRA knows them. Okay. A lot of businesses do not want to be known because once you step your foot into the water, you are caught for life. They will always come after you. In three, they say, oh, don't start to abbreviate you anymore. So that's why a lot of people do not want to go to the tax office to register because mm -hmm. once they get to know you, they will always come. But, but, so, so, but the GRA should find a way of making it easy and also for being more lenient because if I am paying tax for six years and this year I'm hot and someone is not paying tax for the past six years you, they seem to be prosecuting me the guy paying for the past five years who is defaulting one year and the guy who's only paying for six years nobody still knows him exactly exactly I think we have to my little advice is that we have to move from the point where we have a more prosecutorial mm -hmm. point of view towards the taxation to more of like a business mm. uh, situation because mm. see the taxpayer as your customer. How would you treat your customer? I mean, for the recalcitrant ones, definitely they have to deal with them. Mm -hmm. But for those who are paying tax, for example, I have a client who has been paying tax all these years mm -hmm. and then they have an issue just in an audit they did for 2019. Their accounts were garnished. Just like that. Just like that. I mean, the audit report is there. You've objected. They get an escalation letter. And then the next thing you see, the account is garnished. Wow. So these are some of the instances where you might look at the history of the person and say, oh, there's a tax, there's a compliant person. Mm. Let me be a bit relaxed with them rather mm. than the recalcitrant ones who definitely have to be wow. prosecuted. That will be all for this week's edition of the City Business Edition on 97.3 City FM. If you missed any part of the conversation, please search for our page on SoundCloud at 97.3 City FM for the full tape. My name is Michael Obodu. Let's connect on Twitter at mobodu. Thank you for tuning in. Catch you same time next week. Stay safe, stay informed, and bye-bye from here. I'm gonna get me some love, love, somebody. La 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 la
Hello, good morning and welcome to the Friday edition of Kickoff. My name is Benjamin Inketia. Kickoff is proudly brought to us by Lesheho. In the headline, Saudi Omani named African Footballer of the Year. Ghana's Evelyn Bedou picks up multiple honors at the CAF Awards and Noah Laos breaks 26-year-old American record to win the 200-meter finals at the ongoing World Athletics Championships. Let's get to the details now. In Senegal, Sadio Mane was crowned African Footballer of the Year for the second time running at the Confederation of African Football Awards Ceremony in the Moroccan capital of Rabat. Now, Mane scored the winning penalty as Senegal beat Egypt in a shootout in this year's Africa Cup of Nations final to lift the trophy for the first time. The awards returned uh, for the first time in three years after being suspended due to the COVID-19 pandemic, with Nigeria's Asita Oshuola also retaining the title she won in 2019. Mane beat compatriot and Chelsea goalkeeper Edouard Mendy as well as former Liverpool teammate uh, Mohamed Salah whose Egypt side lost uh, February's final. So Sadio Mane is the king of African football once again. And let's get to uh, a twist of Ghana and Black Princesses captain Evelyn Bedou also uh, was honoured at the CAF Awards. She has been crowned Young Player of the Year and Interclub Player of the Year at the 2022 CAF Awards. The 19-year-old who was named Player of the Tournament during the 2021 CAF Women's Champions League also won the Golden Boot sort of competition from teammates Boris Boudoua and Moroccan Yasmin Zuhair to win the award for the Young Player of the Year. So congratulations to Evelyn Bedou uh, on winning uh, those honours there. Let's move on to some other stuff. And Ebuswan Dwarfs are threatening to go to the Court of Arbitration for Sports. If the Ghana Football Association decide to go on with their proposed three-team league aimed at determining which team who replace demoted next season. According to them, the proposed playoff involving Tamale Cities, themselves and Liberty Professionals, is an error of judgment on the part of the GFA's Executive Council since it is inconsistent with precedents of the FA. The club is seeking to place an injunction on the three-team league and have already protested by presenting a petition to the GFA. Communications Director for Ebuswa Dwarfs is Abeku Autre and he has been speaking to City Sports. Uh, our legal team, on their advice, um, have made it known to us that there are steps in whatever we are doing. So we are exhausting the first means. And it says that we have a, a, a petition to the FA. The second means is that should they fail to grant us what we are asking, uh, you know, humbly or respectfully of them, we'll go to Court of Arbitration for Sports in Switzerland and we, uh, we give our details to them as in this is what's transpiring in the Ghanaian League. And we all know that this is the biggest uh, court for football. So just as Palmer took upon uh, himself and did that and had, you know, brought glory to the league, and we can say not only to the Kashiopoli, not only to what happened at uh, between, I mean, AS Vita and Mamiladi Sundowns in the uh, CAF decision, which gave uh, Sundowns opportunity to play in the uh, CAF Champions League, and not only the Yugoslavia, uh, you know, banned from UEFA and granting Denmark were second that time the slot. Again, we have the precedence in Ghana. We have an example in Ghana that we can follow. Empower has led that course. And we think it is uh, prudent we follow suit and go to CAS and get things right. It might just change the minds of the corporate body to, to, to put our league on, on its feet.
Abeku Archer is the communications director for Ibuswa Dorfs Football Club. Let's move on to some other news. And Ghana Premier League champions Kumasi Asante Kotoko have withdrawn from the 2022 Galka Top 6 tournament. The preseason Top 6 tournament is expected to kick off from August 14 to 31st at the Babayara Sports Stadium. However, the club yesterday announced on social media that they will not partake in the tournament due to sporting reasons. Now, league champions Kotoko were initially set to participate in the tournament alongside Midiama Sporting Club, Bechem United, Karela United, Great Olympics and Accra Hearts of Oak. It is unknown whether the reported resignation of the club's head coach, Prosper Nate Ogum, is one of the reasons why the Porcupine Warriors have opted out of the competition. And finally, to some athletics, and Noah Laos broke a 26-year-old American record as he won the men's 200 meters final at the 2022 World Athletics Championships ongoing in Oregon, Eugene. Now, Laos, who ran a time of 19.31, led a United States sweep as Kenneth Bednarek also finished with 19.77 and Ariel Knighting also finished with 19.80, uh, coming second and third respectively. The U.S. men also swept the 100-meter dash on July 16, led by Fred Kelly. Now, he now owns the third fastest time in history behind Usain Bolt and Johan Blake. Usain Bolt's record stands at 19.19. So that's all for this morning's edition of Kickoff. My name is Benjamin Inketia. Kickoff was brought to us by Lesheho. There's more sports at citysportsonline.com. Trust the process. The biggest things often start small. No matter where you are now, the most important decision you will make today is knowing where you'll be tomorrow. All you have to do is take the next step. Believe in your journey and go with passion. Because when you go with passion, you go big. You explore the possibilities. You create the tomorrow of your dreams. So come along and let's go big with our passion. Apply for a loan now and power your ambitions. Get plugged in. Let's go big. Powered by Lesieho. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag CityCBS. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. This is the, the, the City Breakfast Show.
Oh yes. Eight o'clock on Friday morning. Happy birthday to Pearl Hammond of City TV. This is from all of us on the City Breakfast Show. You make us look better before we go on TV. If you hide our wrinkles. <laughs> Pearl Hammond. But you know what her secret talent is? What is it? Pearl is perhaps the best photographer in this building. Are you serious? I kid you, you that. I, I she, you she can not. do photography. You see a lot of the, a lot of the photos city people have been posting. Pearl takes them. Pearl takes them on her phone. phone or her normal. Her phone. Yeah. So happy birthday to you, Pearl Hammond. Enjoy the day. Lots of birthday requests coming in today, I should say. Yep. Wishing Cynthia Abrokwa of ADB Golf House Branch a happy birthday from all his friends at ADB, especially Salom. Birthday wishes to Delali Ameho, CEO of. Delfer Wood Processing Limited, located at the Shyman Timber Market. I pray for God's blessings and protection for him. Wishing you a God-filled year. From your one and only international niece, Claspi Bakope, Nana Esi, Adam and the entire Rose and Oscar family, we love him. Good morning, Bana. Please help me uh, today to wish my wife a happy birthday. A happy birthday. Twenty years ago, she agreed to marry a poor young man like me. Together, we went through thick and thin, but we've remained resolute, making and successful looking after two beautiful children. A quiet looking demeanor, but firm and disciplined approach to life brought us this far. Every man should marry a woman who loves mathematics because she will help you solve all the quadratic equations of your life. If loving you was a sin back then, then I'm ready to commit it again. Happy birthday to my queen. They say you were too quiet for my noisy type, but they should come and see. Our children and I have successfully made you a talking woman. You are the reason coming home is still a thing of blessings. This is from Reverend Dr. Nyeku Avotri and the children Nti Kokwe and Jidula. This one is a holy man. It's holiness. And Jidula. Right, Jidula uh, is a victorious one. Coming into his wife, Reverend Dr. Nyeko Avotri. To his wife. The message is so long, but he didn't even mention his wife's name. <laughs> That's the beauty of the message. <laughs> also, we seen uh, Lady Deacon Ehonam of Royal House Chapel Recovery Temple, Committee 5 Tema. Welcome to the fourth floor, Deaconess Ehonam. Yeah, she's a cousin to Richie Sky. Enjoy your day, madam. I know you're a deaconess, but enjoy the lumba small. Don't, 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 don't enjoy it plenty. Small, pe. They said, if you hug somebody more than two seconds or three seconds, it becomes a sin. So, so some people were counting the seconds. So, the lumba, don't enjoy it. Just small. If you enjoy it too much, just enjoy the lumba small. If you enjoy more than three seconds, it becomes a sin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this one says happy birthday to 
<laughs> Happy birthday to a father, friend, and leader, Mr. Vincent Azuma. Mm. Of the West, he's uh, with the West Africa Regional Coordinator for mm-hmm. Research, Monitoring, and Evaluation at mm-hmm. WANEP. Mm-hmm. That's coming from your children, Marina, Holali, Norris, Tracy, mm-hmm. and uh, the rest of the team. Birthday right. wishes to Queen of Coop. Actually, from Queen to my first grandchild, granddaughter, Emanuela. The sky is your limit coming in from Doris. Happy birthday to you, Queen. Happy birthday to you. And happy birthday to Bubesi. Uh, of St. Martin's Depore School Dance Woman. Uh, today is your birthday. May you reach gracefully coming from your parents. Alright, this one came in yesterday, but you know, we had a lot on our hands. This one says, Happy birthday to our sweet brother, Wilfred Kuku Forsin. That's from his mother and his sisters, Ifwa and Mamiya, but also coming from um, his wife, Eunice Kwame Forsin. Happy belated birthday to <coughs> Nurse Allison. Alison, yesterday was your birthday. Oh, okay. okay. You know Alison? Yes, I, I uh, one of our 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 city nurses <laughs> on our heritage caravan. Water Kojo rapport at Apollo. Takrade wishing his daughter Francisca Mamiya Apo, a final year student of Archbishop Porter's Girls, a glorious happy birthday. I pray for God's guidance in everything she does and the best in the upcoming work exams. Alright, this one is uh, a shout, a good morning shout from Salem Adonu to the people at the Medina Social Welfare, at the Social Welfare, sorry, at the Ministry's Police Station, to Derek Obing, Alice, Linda, Gloria, Esther, Kweku, Edmond, Mimi, Solomon, uh, Elvis, and Eunice. The way you are going about this, I don't like it. <laughs> oh! <laughs> is it Medina Social Welfare? No, 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 hold on, hold on. It says, to the people at the, relax, Social Welfare Office. At the ministry's police station, sorry. Social welfare office, office at, the at the ministry's, ministry's police station. station. They are doing a great job mm. uh, helping the vulnerable. And so I've mentioned all their names, the people, the Derek. What are their Obey. names? Derek Obey, who's the officer in charge. Mm-hmm. Alice, mm-hmm. Linda, mm-hmm. Gloria, mm-hmm. Esther, mm-hmm. Kweku, mm-hmm. Edmond, mm-hmm. Mimi, mm-hmm. Solomon, mm-hmm. Elvis, and Eunice. Fantastic. Mm. Also wishing Adam a happy birthday. Uh, May the good Lord continue to shower his blessings on him. And a few more coming in. Yes, Rus Jifa Kwampa of Fashaiman, Lebanon says, Good morning. Please wish me well. Today is my birthday. Okay, happy birthday to you, mm-hmm. Rus Jifa Kwampa of Fashaiman, Lebanon. This one says, uh, It's from El Mausi from Papase. Mm-hmm. It says, Kindly help me wish my beautiful wife, J Sitch, J underscore Sitch, mm-hmm. a happy birthday as you turn another page in the chapter of your life. Never forget, I feel so blessed to have you as my wife. Okay. This one says, Happy birthday to Radia of Moontas Travels. May Allah bless you and make you great from the Orbit Marketing team. Mm-hmm. This one says, Please wish my father, Mr. Raphael Kofi Udrow, um, a happy birthday. That's Jacob, the Uber driver. It says, AKA, um, his dad's alias is Action Man Kofi Shaw. Mm. Okay. And Wontawa Shika, mm-hmm. AKA Old Man. Okay. Mm. He's 67 today. So, mm-hmm. happy 67 to Mr. Raphael Kofi Udrow. Thank 
Thank you. Quick announcements. Uh, Ghana Card update. Have you updated your record with Lasheho? As director from the BOG, the Ghana Card is now the only accepted form of identification for all your financial transactions. Visit any Lasheho branch near you to update your records with your Ghana Card to enable us save you faster and better. You can call or WhatsApp 0574-065-958 or call 0302-208-333. And beginning for July, all Peugeot and Citroën owners can visit any Silver Star Auto Workshop in Accra, Tema Okumasi, and enjoy free inspection of their vehicles and 15% discount on spare parts and any service delivery. If you own a Peugeot or Citroën vehicle, this is the news you've been waiting for. Promo ends 29 July. Visit our Facebook and Instagram pages to book your slot. And Shell is saluting all kings of the road, trot trot drivers, taxi drivers, truck and bus drivers. We see you rise early to put a to put food on the table, and that's why we're giving you the fuel save designed to last longer and make your hustle more rewarding. Build points with your Shell Club points for free, family and third party insurance cover, as well as for groceries and other basic and future needs. Visit your nearest Shell station today. Join the Shell Club and enjoy the fuel that takes care of your car so you can make more to take care of yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Go well. And if you want convenience with your insurance company, we have a virtual assistant at Star Assurance. Gives you the chance to be anywhere and still buy or renew your motor insurance at any time. Simplifying the insurance process is what Pokwa is all about. Here to cater for you and to make your life easier. Call 0242 or dial short code star 713 star triple two hash and enjoy smooth and quick service. Star Assurance, your solid partner. Now enjoy a life beyond cash when you use any of Cowbank's digital solutions. Whatever you desire, they have a unique solution just for you. If you're shopping online or in-store, you can use their Visa MasterCard or GH Link cards. And if you are um, transferring funds, you can do that with Cowbank. Use their app as well. Give them a call on 0800-500. Chat to them online on social media or send them an email. Customercare at Cowbank.net. Cowbank for it together. Alright, so I'm starting with the Eastern Region today. Don't forget, uh, last week Wednesday, we spoke to the uh, storekeeper of one of the schools in the Eastern Region and he complained bitterly about the shortage of food in schools. Well, he's been proved right because there's a challenge in the Eastern Region. The whole task has cancelled the upcoming Super Zonal Sports Festival because of shortage of food. Here's a report from our correspondent, Nilni Amate Kanaku. 
Just as of last Friday, they had received huge over 400 bags that they had distributed. They on schools that they were in dire need. And you realize some are in extreme need. Others can't manage it a while. Indeed, there's been a major food crisis on us. However, we're giving a brief until tomorrow where the Cordoba Council will meet again. And then we will strategize on the way forward. The reform. They're all resuming to do to tomorrow morning. But that is what we know because the, the need was over and above that one. But at least we are putting something to send them to so actually that was the Eastern Regional Minister trying to explain the situation. I'll bring you the report shortly. The conference of heads of assisted secondary schools charged last week threatened to close down senior high schools in the eastern region over the dire food shortage crisis in the region. Shortly after their recommendations were presented to the Eastern Regional Coordinating Council, emergency arrangements were made for 400 bags of rice to be supplied to senior high schools that are in dire need of foodstuffs in the region by the National Food Buffer Stock Company. This intervention was partly welcomed by schools, but according to them, the foodstuffs were woefully inadequate due to the enormity of the situation, and this has taken a to the upcoming Super Zonal Sports Festival which has been cancelled by Charles due to their current food shortage. Currently, students from seven zones, namely Kibi, Somanya, Odan, Asaman Kesi, Akuyapem, Kou and the Kukrentumi, who were training ahead of the Super Zonas competition to be selected to represent the Eastern Region at the National Sports Festival on 20th October in Takrade, have been left stranded and frustrated after the news broke about the cancellation of the annual sports event. According to these news sources, the decision to cancel the Spazonas Sports Festival was arrived late last night after an emergency meeting between Chas and the Zona Chess, who complained about how the shortage of food is affecting the athletes who are being camped. Some of the athletes in the Koforidia zone have been sharing their frustrations with City News. Okay, so it is really sad because we've started our inter-schools from last two weeks and we've qualified this far that we have to go to the zones but we've started training on monday we were doing our best our possible best to go forward for the zones and this evening after training our coaches just inform us that it is going to be postponed but it is really sad because the other zones have done this the other regions have done this, but Eastern Region they've not done this because they said the authorities said there is no money to organize the other zones to come here. I don't really know, like it really saddens me because I feel like I'm going up there and to get to the international, this is the start and just hearing this sad news, I'm really worried in my heart. Like, you are very, very worried because we all tried during the sports time, skipping class, 
some even went down because of the sport. And we are all trying to get some qualification to the university, get scholarships, but we uh, just fortunately we just said that it's being cancelled. So you see, you get a feeling like you feel pity because many people have aims in the sport. Some even want to go abroad, but because it's being cancelled, their plans will and then their aims will be lost. Meanwhile, some external professional sports trainers who were contracted to help train the athletes called on the Ministry of Education, the Regional Coordinating Council and Government to make the necessary arrangements for the event to be held as this will discourage talent being nurtured in the country. So we are pleading, that is why we are pleading with Ed and Mami. I remember some years ago we had a boy from St. Peter's, he threw inter schools and Superzona, he was selected and he went all the way to all African games. So we are pleading, we still have those qualities here in the region. We have players like Latif Blessing, they all passed through here, Kotek, he was here, it was through here that he got there. Samuel Atta, who is now in Accra, has to they were all here in the region. So this time, if you say students should come and play justify, please, it is not going to help. Then universities, sports work, they also come here during competitions to select athletes and players. These players are given scholarship. So if we don't meet as, as a team to compete, it will be difficult for these children to, to also get the opportunity to get their scholarships. The Eastern Regional Coordinating Council has given a firm assurance that is working to ensure that troubled schools which are facing food shortages are not closed down. The Eastern Regional Minister said Kwame Echampong, who spoke to City News on the sidelines of the 10th anniversary Grand Debor of Pencils of Promise at Kloagogo said the schools will not be closed down. We are not closing schools. I let me take this opportunity to say that it, because of these important programs of development of our state, that's why government is asking her development partners to support her to meet this development agenda. Our people need the services. The government cannot fold their arms. When he's not being able to raise the necessary revenues in country, you need to go out and look for support. That's why government is taking up the challenge to go to the International Monetary Fund so that we are able to do other services. Other than that, what we mobilize that we will be able to use our own local consumptions we'll have to use them to do other services but once we get that support we can then realign what comes into the kitty so that was Seth Echampong ending that report from the eastern region So let's hear the minister's appearance before parliament to answer questions on the educational sector, in specific reference to the debt and food shortage. The outstanding payment obligation of the Ministry of Education to the National Food Buffer Stock Company as at 18 July 2022 is 340296000 866 Ghana cities and 8 pesos. Government is working towards payment of this outstanding obligation. 
However, our government has released and paid um, this year an amount of 327,871,809 CDs and 10 pesos to the National Food Buffer Stock Company. Minister, are you aware that the Conference of Heads of Assisted Secondary Schools are very, very unhappy about buffer stocks and its delivery of food to their schools. And if you are, what do you seek to do to improve it? I had a conference called the Executives of Chas uh, yesterday, uh, Upper West, all the regions around the country where there were serious crises um, in, in the last few days, and they have all seen improvement in, in terms of supplies that are coming to them and they will continue to see improvement from today on. Uh, so the food supplies are going to the schools. And yes, when our supply situation is not as we want it to be, Minister for Education is concerned, and we work with Buffer to make sure that our systems are streamlined and funding goes to them so that they can uh, supply the food to the schools. Birthday to Stephen Hammond, aka Chanton. <laughs> I call him the Rabbit Man. The Rabbit Man. Tomorrow is your birthday. Happy birthday in advance to you, Chanton. Happy birthday, Chanton. Please, whatever you do, eat one rabbit for me. It just <laughs> eat, eat one rabbit on my yes. behalf. He makes good. Oh my kebab. God! My God! My God! <laughs> He knows how to do his rabbit kebab oh, when he has yeah. fried yam on the side. And Silvanus is wishing Enyonam Kakani of Legon Interdenominational Church okay. a happy birthday. We of the Royal Priesthood Bible Study Group celebrate you for your top notch leadership. Enjoy your day from Silvanus. And Marilyn at Honam Yawu Duanyo. This is a long one from your big sister Etonam Tilova and the family. Wishing you happy birthday live. They say begins at 40. You just started, so continue to shine and go higher.
still are doing birthdays. Happy birthday to Andy Manome. Andy Manome. Godfrey, I'm sure you know who yeah. Andy is. Andy is Abel Manome's brother. Mm-hmm. So happy birthday to Andy Manome. He's uh, one of our ardent listeners. Always sends us a message mm. as and when he can. So Andy, happy birthday. Enjoy to your you. day, Mr. Andy. <laughs> So Clement Park is a member of parliament for Bursa uh, South, I think. He also has been speaking about the shortage of food. He spoke, uh, he's actually the ranking member on the education committee in parliament. How come we have allocated and approved 2.4, 2.3 billion to finance the free senior school policy for 2022? And yet government is unable to pay buffer stock food supplies. So we felt it was important for us to continue to advocate and to canvass and to call on government, to call on the president, to instruct the Minister for Finance to release the monies that we have approved for buffer stock food suppliers to be paid in full so that they can continue to supply food to keep our young men and women who are busy preparing for the Awasi well-nourished. So they can have the serenity of mind, soul, and spirit to excel in the upcoming WASI. So we're talking SHS, we're talking the challenges, we're talking the financial, we're talking the infrastructure. And this week I had an editorial on the point of view. And I think the consensus, I, you, I mean, in preparing for that editorial, I couldn't believe the number of people who had said mm-hmm. that the government should review free SHS. And they gave many options. So apart from the civil society people like Kofi Asari and Co., I, I mean, Patrick Uwa had spoken about it. Professor Stephen Adair had spoken about it. Professor Peter Quarte had spoken about it. Professor Ernest Aite had spoken about it. The Utunfu had spoken about it. The moderator of the Presby Church had spoken about it. Reverend Palmer Buckle had spoken about it. <laughs> Professor John Quarte had spoken about I could list almost 15 prominent people in society who were saying, look, free SHS is, is okay, but we have come to a very critical stage in our life. Let me uh, take you to Angel Kabonu. I'm just reviewing what has been said so far this week. Angel Kabonu spoke to me on Wednesday on the City Breakfast Show. This is a week ago and two days. And he is the president of Nagrat. Here are his thoughts on where 
this shortage, this round of shortages is coming from? What is the real issue? And why it is time to review free SHS? NAGAC even brought, came up with issues. We indicated that, yes, we welcome government intervention, but free SHS was not sustainable. It was bound to fail at the end. Because what? What you are concentrating on is not the primary essence of education. You are concentrating on feeding. Whereas your free could have gone into academic provision and leave the feeding for the parents. Because after all, we have also a lot of students in this country who are not boarders. Therefore, when you concentrate on three kind of students in school, you are advantaged taking certain students, some of them who are from affluent families, as against majority of students who may be from poor families, they live in the private areas, they were walking from home to school. Therefore, the, even the equity issue is itself is, is off. And then you are even burdening yourself. You are even subsidizing people who are blessed and do not need to be subsidized. Why don't you free... And we have a lot of challenges in the schools other than feeding. Perimeter walls are broken. Fences have to be mended so that people do not come attack students on campus and so on and so forth. So now you free resources and push the resources into areas that will help enhance acad- academics. That was the argument we came up with. Oh, name calling because we are not able to do private classes. We are not able to do part-time with free SHS. We are against the free SHS. Look at the situation we have gotten ourselves in. And indeed, Bernard, I don't know whether you've observed, in a school of about 2,000 students in boarding house, only about 500 will go to uh, board, uh, uh, dining hall regularly. Because one, the food is not good. Two, the students are not even enticed to eat that type of food. So we are even wasting money and we are wasting resources. Look, the free senior high school is, is burdened the government. The source money that the government ought to take from the petroleum money, for the past... Six months, they've not been able to get resources from that source of money. And yes, because of political experience and political ego, nobody will listen to the voice of reason. So that was Angel Kabanu speaking to me last week, Wednesday. On the same program, a member of the Education Committee, Peter Notu Kotoe, also added his voice to calls for the review of the free SHS program. The situation in our senior high schools is a very critical one, which must be given the necessary attention. Otherwise, in the next few days, the situation will blow into our faces and will not be able to contain it. Uh, with the free senior high school, right at the inception of the program, we cautioned government that the free feeding that the government has started was not going to be sustainable because the numbers will keep increasing and there will be more demand for boarding facilities. They should let parents who wanted their walls to be in the boarding houses pay. But uh, we were described as uh, doomsayers and naysayers. And a lot of money had gone into the free senior high school. Over 7.2 billion cities had been spent. And every year, at least 2.4 billion has to be budgeted. And if that is the case, it will not occur well for us. And we will be paying more for education, only feeding, than improving on facilities and infrastructure. Now, they are finding it very difficult to feed the students. And some of us have been of the view that let parents who can pay do so, as the Minister for Finance suggested some time ago. But because of uh, political expediency, government will not listen to us. So what Dr. Kipa said was right. We have done our investigations, and what he said is very true because uh, there is uh, over-invoicing. Three years ago, we called for a review of the program, looking at the challenges that uh, the Free Senior High School program was facing. The term review was uh, pursued to mean cancellation. So we are very careful now as what to say. But we will continue to say that there's a need to review it so that the boarding system is reviewed. Parents who can pay should pay. We should identify the needy ones 
and give them scholarship to enable them to go to secondary school. So that was the a member of the education committee. I think he's actually the ranking member, Peter Not. Speaking to us on Wednesday. Now, the reason all of this happened or came through was that during the show that day, we got a call from a storekeeper in one of the schools in the Eastern Region. Incidentally, the Eastern Region is where our focus has been this past few days. We did not mention his name, but he he revealed quite a number of things in that interview. Let me just bring you highlights of that conversation about the struggles they are going through to feed students. Good morning, Bernard. Thanks for joining us. So, um, what's the situation in the school this week, as we speak? Bernard, actually, the problem is not with only this week. It's data since somewhere last two semesters. But the problem is, you know, price of items are keeping on increasing in the open market. But what the government is laying the suppliers for is making them also shortchange us. So this is the situation. For instance, a school will be allocated with 50 bags of flour for the semester. But in the open market, because of the price is more than what the government is saying, them, the supplier will not bring it. You are in dire need of it. So you have to call them persistently chasing the items. Then they will come to you. Okay, if that's the case, we can only supply you on the terms. One bag of flour, you write it, for instance, two. And if you are doing this to 50, then you take 25 and write 50. When auditors come, it will create the impression that you, the storekeeper or the school management, have consumed that or sold that out to suppliers and taking the money. Something like maize, we are supposed to be supplied with a 100 kg of maize. But in the open market, it is more expensive for them to supply that. So bring you maize, if it is 100 kg, you are supposed to record one bag is to two or three. So what some headmasters decide to do is, they will not go for the item, the little that they have, they will use it to feed the students. And in this case, you go to most schools. Can you imagine, Eastern region, how many palm farms do we have over here? But you want a supply to supply palm oil. They will tell you one palm oil, that's 25 liters of palm oil, is equal to two. Hold on, let me, under- let me understand this. Which items do you get from buffer stock and which items do you get from these suppliers? The whole issue is buffer stock is just a name given out that we get items from buffer stock. But in actual sense, it is individual suppliers who supply in the name of buffer stock, then they go to buffer stock company for their money. So it is not buffer stock as a company that brings us the items directly. They have outsourced it to suppliers. And you are saying these suppliers are forcing you to do over invoicing? They are not you have to agree before buy. So if you want to feed your students, you agree to their attempts. If not, they will not supply. And the attempts are that if they give you one bag, you write two. Yes. How long because have they been doing this? For this, it has been in the system for a while now. Is it only your school that they ask to do this or other schools also go through the same thing? No, no. This is something general. 
But people, we can't speak about it. That's why I said teachers cannot speak about this because they don't know the integrity of this issue. They are teaching in the classroom, but with these issues, it is still who can speak to these issues. And they are not. And which items are these suppliers asking you to do this? Is it just maize or for all the items they supply? For instance, currently, items which are which are very high in demand now is cooking oil, that's a vegetable oil, rice, sugar, maize, and mackerel sardine. Cooking oil, rice, rice maize, sugar, sugar, mackerel, and mackerel. sardine. These are the ones in high demand. Yes. And, and for, flour. And flour. Flour too. Yes. And all of these, they are forcing you to over-invoice. They are not forcing. They are not forcing. They it are is, giving you the choice. If, if you want to feed your students. If you want because to feed your students, you have to agree to their terms. Yes, if you want to feed your students, they will not force you. Okay, which items does the school buy on its own? Apart the, school own the school only buys perishables. As tomatoes, those perishable goods, but 18 items are under um, buffer stock to supply. That is cooking oil, maize, soya bean, oil, mackerel, sardine, hot chocolate, tom brown. There are 18 items which are under the buffer stock, but they have outsourced to suppliers that they, they select the suppliers there. The school has no hands in selecting the supplier. So the five top items you mentioned, which one is the most scarce? You said there's maize, rice, sugar, flour, mackerel, and sardine. Which one, and, and cooking oil, which one are you having the most problems with? For flour, most schools about three months now have never seen a bag of flour in their schools. Same as vegetable oil. But once in a while you get vegetable oil, Maybe in, in less quantities, that if you want to issue them in their right quantity, meaning you have to, it will not take you up to two weeks. So if you don't have flour, does that mean that the cocoa doesn't come with bread then? You are talking about cocoa. Taking tea without bread is more dangerous than cocoa. Cocoa at least it is heavy. So what about cooking oil? If you don't have cooking oil, how do you manage the stews? Schools are improvising to use margarine as oil. And this is not just your school. You can confirm that a number of schools are going through this. Oh, my brother. A lot of schools are going through this. Others started it way back as last year. told some of the schools have to do butter trade. So maybe you have a lot of rice and somebody has a lot of maize. That was then. Is it, is it happening now? now? Now schools don't even have to even exchange. There's no, there's nothing to even do butter with. Yes, because what you have, you want to do butter with, you are even on the timeline, the bomb line. What you, what you have is not even sufficient for you to go and exchange. Are the parents helping? Parents are not made to know all this because the government will see it as a failed program. So you don't involve the parents. Wow. These informations are being managed in the schools. 
And teachers, even we leave with them in the schools, they don't even know about this. Because you can't speak out. How is this affecting the students? Well, students, since there is always something on the table, you manage to get them something to eat. Those who call home to sometimes they send them money to go to the canteen. Wow. Thank you for talking to us, uh, Mr. Storekeeper. So that was the storekeeper speaking to us from all the schools. Slack. Worry about all the things that they lack. Young, gifted, and black. Give the gap and I rap. I suppose I should clap. Give thanks and give dap. Put my son on my lap. Around a victory lap. Opportunity knocks, but we too deaf to hear. Put to death our fears. Bring to life our dreams. We out here. We don't adhere to regular rules. Our mama's fasting and praying for our circular fools. With some reckless dudes. Lost for shoes and shoes. New shucks, custom made of such golden stews. Mysterious life, nuts and true, shared no clues. Curious knife, stabbed us, now we bleed and bruise. Confusing wants with needs, what I want to need. A house in Trasaco, a villa in a town with jet skis. Jet setting in the minutes, 30 seconds. And so it's 842 on a city breakfast show. We'll take a short break when we come back. What do all these things mean? What do all these things mean? Eastern region had to cancel their superzonals. A number of regions had to write emergency letters, chats all over meeting. Education minister goes to parliament to try and explain why there are food shortages. He says government owes buffer stock 340 million CDs. You heard me there speak with a storekeeper. This was a week ago. And he says they are doing tea without bread. They are doing cocoa sakura. They are having to do butter trade. The bags of rice, even though they are supposed to be 100 kg, sometimes it's 60 kg. So, what is really going on? How did we get here? We'll address this issue when we come back. Stay with us. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. Bank that supports you. Qatar 2022 is almost here. Calling all football lovers. Let us cheer our gallant black stars to victory at this year's World Cup. Kempon Travel and Tours, the official travel organizer, has partnered with Consolidated Bank Ghana to offer attractive packages to you to enjoy the upcoming soccer event. Feely, feely. From visas, travel fairs, feeding, accommodation, sightseeing to match tickets, and many more. We have you covered. You want to see all your favorite football stars? in person <laughs> this is your chance don't miss out visit any of cbg's 114 branches with your valid passport and choose from the platinum gold silver and bronze packages or call 03022 for inquiries or visit cbg social media cbg bank limited qatar 2022 we are on our way CBG. 
Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag CityCBS. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. Time check is a quarter to nine. Good morning, Bernard. Some headmasters have confirmed to me that they have received some food items, but the main challenge now has to do with flour. And they also say it's a general problem. Another issue is madrine. This is coming in from the northern region. A few of your comments uh, into, uh, about this uh, issue of... Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay, this one is from... Is it Archipelago Davis from Community 22? It says, I think the shortage of food leading to the cancellation of the super zonals or interzones, the lowest level our economy can take us. Mm. But on the team, as the younger generation, can you start advising the new generation to start operating backyard gardens? Our lives are in our own hands. Operation Feed Yourself. Yep. Alright, another message says, what at all is going on in this country? Nothing is working. So Russia is the reason we can't feed our school kids. We are just embarrassing ourselves as a country. David Brown from Adina says, as early as February this year, Mm -hmm. CTFM reported that there was a shortage of food in our SHS. I'm very happy with what is going on with the school feeding program. Wasn't the education minister aware of the delay in payments when he was taking pictures at Presec? If you have leaders who are too quick to blame the media for sensationalism, this is the result you get. Um, now, but talking about this, I take you back almost a year. Mm-hmm. 
August 31, 2021, Graphic Online published a story mm-hmm. titled Food Shortages Hit Some Senior High Schools. That's according to NAT. Mm. Now, the General Secretary of the National Teachers, National Association of Teachers, mm-hmm. NAT, Thomas Musa, mm-hmm. says some SHSs in the country have been hit with food shortages. Yep. He said the schools were mostly found in the eastern, mm-hmm. Ashanti, northern, and Volta regions. Mm-hmm. According to him, the situation, if not remedied, could affect the health of the students in the affected schools. Mm. Now, he spoke to us. and so I interviewed gra- him. Graphic made a reference to that, st- yes, to that interview. I interviewed him so on, the sh- on the show. 31st August 2021. He said, making the issue public mm-hmm. was not intended to bring anybody down mm-hmm. or to make the government unpopular. Mm-hmm. For him... Making the issue public was mm-hmm. to court the attention of all key stakeholders, mm-hmm. particularly duty bearers, including the president and the sector minister, mm-hmm. to help address the situation. So this was 31st August 2021. I remember very well. And so then we are almost, we've gone almost full circle. Actually, today is what? Today is Second, July. Oh, so actually, yeah, uh, it's 11 months since that happened. <laughs> if something happens for two, three days, you can say it's a problem or a coincidence. But if something has gone on, for a whole year and this is just the food dimension of the problem because don't forget there's the infrastructural dimension in terms of overcrowded classrooms and overcrowded overcrowded dormitories then there's also the issue of releasing money for other things in the school so apart from food whether for detergents to clean or other things that the school needs and then we're also talking about books and materials learning materials as well and then general release of money for running of schools. So the food one is the most visible because that's the one that people can mm. directly see. Yes. So I, I want to suggest that ongoing much earlier than 2021. The, mm. the food dimension came in 2021. Mm-hmm. But the overcrowding dimension had been there probably a year before. Yes. And then you can even talk about the general lack of infrastructure occasioned by the numbers. All right. Now, my my challenge is, it doesn't appear as if there's a, the space for a discussion about this. I quoted about six professors who spoke at different times on different platforms. Professor Ines Aite used to be the VC of Legon. He was the former director of ISA before he became VC. ISA is statistical, social, and economic research. He says. We cannot let free SHS continue in the form in which it is going. It is not sustainable. Professor Peter Korty of ESA, as early as 2020, he started talking about the need to review the financing for free SHS. Professor Stephen Adey, in a recent interview, says he does not understand why free SHS should apply to everybody without a means test. Uh, Dr. John Kwachi said he's baffled as to why the conversation about free SHS and the way to fund it has not been had. Dr. Albertuna Mama, he sat in this chair. He says the issue is no longer whether we need free SHS or not. And he was speaking in particular relation to a question I asked him about whether with the IMF program, free SHS will be cancelled. And he said, Bernard, the issue about free SHS is no longer, the issue of cancellation is not even an issue. Because there's no way IMF is going to say we should cancel free SHS. But that's a different question from how do you make it efficient and how do you make it sustainable? He sat in his chair and said that. Then you had Patrick Uwa. Two years ago, I inter- 2018, I interviewed him about free. He said he doesn't think boarding school needs to be free. And this is a man who runs a university. He went to Achimota school. 
when I interviewed Kenneth Ferreira in 2018 as well, he said he didn't think it was right for him to send his kids to Achimota or Dogono and not pay fees. Let's move away from the professors. Presby Church moderator, he says government should call a national stakeholder meeting to discuss free SHS funding. Presby Church has over 2,000 schools in Ghana. When you put all of them from basic to secondary to university. Reverend Charles Palmer-Buckle, in May this year, we need to have a conversation about making free SHS sustainable. One of the presby, one of the, the, the high-ranking officials of the Methodist Church, he said this at St. John's speech day. The Otunfo says, and Otunfo's point was interesting for me because he said, he, number one, free SHS has put a strain on the national budget. Number two, he said the way we were producing just grammar school graduates, we're going to have an unemployment problem on our hands if we didn't focus on TVET. So his point was that if everybody goes to school to just go and do English, math, science, geography, French, and they come out of secondary school with no skills. So he even moved the thing beyond just the funding. He said, you are going to create an unemployment problem because most of the people will, will simply be grammar school educated people. Do you understand what I'm saying? So his the two first point was like if, if you you will create a big problem where you have ninety percent of all hundred percent of all our young people with no employable skills. So if you are going to actually do free SHS, I think he was basically saying add the vocational and the technical because that's where you you will get the the result. There are other people I can't even remember who spoke, but I just wanted to go back to the suggestions. The, I gave you a Professor document. Ivan a diamond sounds to make him make the point. Yes. Now, Africa Education Watch gave three suggestions at the end of their their their, 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 their paper they presented recently, and you know it's almost like we are crying more than the bereaved. Yes, like we we are not government. Hmm. All these people speaking are not really government. So I find it interesting. The government that is struggling to pay doesn't want to listen to the conversation about. We we are saying, "Unto me, We want to help you, but it seems the government doesn't want to entertain the idea of we can't pay. Now, final statistics before I bring you guys in. Last year, the education budget was four point two billion cities. So this is from kindergarten to university. Free SHS alone is two billion. So just let, think of those numbers: four point two billion cities for kindergarten, basic. JHS secondary university. That's the whole budget. Half of that is to do free SHS. So, for me, I don't know what suggestions he gave in that. Okay, if you can read through some before we come to the mm, issue of okay. what's the best thing to do now. Well, um, he listed a number of things. So he said, look, we can reduce the economic burden by allowing parents to support. Now, he says about 30% of SHS students are from private primary schools. Mm. Asking private school JHS grads to pay SHS fees averaging 1,500 CDs a year will provide 520 million CDs up front. So option one is to say if you are from a private school and you are going to secondary <coughs> school, since you are paying 
a private continue, thing. even though yes. in a public school, that's an option. Yes. Now, how will that impact on the financing? It frees 520 million cities from governments back and provides advanced liquid in the system. Liquidity. Liquidity, sorry. Mm-hmm. Now, that amount alone is 40% of the entire free SHS feeding budget. Because it's 2 billion. Yes. So, 520 is one fourth. Yes. It Fantastic. clears the 400 million CD food legacy debt and cushions against delayed releases. That figure is now 340. Mm-hmm. So, if all private school JHS graduates paid some money... Yes. For secondary school, you get three hundred five hundred and twenty million. Yes, and the CDs. fees are thousand five hundred CDs a year. Yes, so that could be split into three. Yes. So five hundred CDs okay. per term. All right. So l- let's take it one by one. Mm-hmm. If you ask people from private schools to pay five hundred CDs a term for secondary education, government is going to raise five hundred and twenty million CDs a year. So if you say anybody wants to a private school, so thirty percent of all DHS values are in private schools. If they pay five hundred CDs. A year, a term. Mm-hmm. That's thousand five hundred a year. Yes, Government will get five hundred and twenty million cities, which is one fourth of free SHS budget free. Mm. That's option one. Yes. Second option. Now it says cost optimization. Mm-hmm. That means exploring ways of reducing cost and maintaining value mm-hmm. by sharing costs with parents who have the capacity to pay, mm-hmm. while ensuring no one is deprived on cost. Mm-hmm. For example, removing free uniforms, school cloth. PE kits and exercise books will save 160 million CDs annually. Uniform, school cloth, PE kits, yes. exercise books. Now, yes. let me go through something for you. Let me list the number of things that are free under free SHS. The free cost of the education itself. So, there's no school fees, right? Then there's free tuition stroke admission. That's number two. Then there's free textbooks. That's number three. Then there's free library. That's number four. These are all the potential fees that could have paid. Number five, science fee is free. Number six, ICT is free. Number seven, exam is free. Hello? Number seven, exam is free. Number eight, utilities are free. Then number nine, there's free meals. And number ten, there's free boarding. Right? So free SHS actually has government paying for boarding, for meals, for utilities, for exam, for ICT, for science, for library, for textbooks, for tuition, for admission. So that's 10 cost centers. Now, as I was saying, if you remove how many? Four. If you remove the uniform, I didn't even add uniform. If I add uniform and cloth, that's 12. So 12 items. Free. Yes. Says if you remove the uniform, From cloth, the cloth, PE kits, the PE kits, and exercise books. Just four. If you remove just four of those for people to pay for. So when you are going to school, send your own uniform, get your own cloth, get your own PE kit and exercise book. It frees up how much? Freeze up 160 million annually. Think about that. So imagine if you added some of the other costs because I've given you 12 things school fee, a library, and all that. So if you, if you increase that, I'm sure you can get another 200 million somewhere. What's, this, what's, the, what's the other now thing? So finally, even if government had all the money it required to fund free SHS, mm-hmm. we would still need to optimize costs since the new, since the raw material supply base. Basic education is in an infrastructure crisis. Mm-hmm. Now, about mm-hmm. 7 billion CDs is urgently needed or has been urgently needed since 2017 to fill short-term basic education infrastructure gap, which is affecting access to and completion of primary and JHS to feed the SHS factory. Mm-hmm. Now, in the 75 GES categorized uh, deprived districts, close to 20% are dropping out because there are no JHSs. So free SHS has taken the money that you would need 
for other things to be done. So again, another data set for you. Since 2017, we've spent 7.6 billion on free SHS. All right. So that's option three. So somebody says either let private schools pay. Option two, reduce some of the things that are free. But sometimes I think there's even an easier option. That option is what? Boarding school, right? <laughs> because if think about it though, if private schools pay five hundred cities a month, a term, private school graduates who are into SHS and you can do some tests, they, they save five hundred and twenty million. If you remove four of the twelve items free, you save one twenty million. What if you just said let everything be free, let's pay for boarding? Mm-hmm. I'm sure that could save you almost a billion, if not more. Yeah. And that changes the whole conversation. <clears throat> yes. But, but you know what you are trying to do is so difficult. I'm, I'm even getting confused <laughs> because I would imagine that the framers of the policy mm-hmm. um, would have done all these um, projections, mm. you know, these calculations, projections, mm. and um, you know, free SHS for me is is one of the most revolutionary policies that we have seen in this country in a very long time. And and I won't discount that. But you see, we would advance policy based on resources that we have. The world over, the whole world, and I'm talking about the entire world, mm-hmm. I am yet to see a country that has this type of free education. Mm. And and I'm not talking as an expert in education policy. I'm just a media person. Mm. So I'm so forgive me if I'm wrong, but I'm just saying that I have never seen one country that has this type. <laughs> and this type meaning that a free education that consists of all the elements that you listed, mm-hmm. including boarding, lodging. Mm-hmm. Um, boarding, food, food, exams, everything, science, you know, ICT, see, library, exercise book, PE kit. I mean, uniform. if we were, we were um, one of the um, Gulf states trying this, <laughs> doing this, mm-hmm. would be because we have all the resources. Mm. But here we are; we don't have the resources. Secondly, our attempt at doing this is depriving other sectors from their much-needed support. Mm -hmm. In fact, other sectors within the education uh, system are suffocating, suffocating, not suffering, suffocating Mm. because of this. What I will say without any form of apology is that it requires an urgent review. Mm -hmm. It requires an urgent review. And so this will be consistent with the calls that have been made by all the persons, well-meaning Ghanaians, um, that you have you have talked about. Mm. Now, secondly, now I can, I can come to the boarding thing. Mm. I think that the boarding element of free SHS is so unnecessary. It's mm. so, so unnecessary because that's one of the major expense uh, uh, centers which we are struggling with. And you see, there's nothing academic about about, about boarding. Mm-hmm. Okay? 
Now, let's look at the United Kingdom, for example. Mm-hmm. The United Kingdom, for the longest time that we've known, they have free, 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 free education. education. Yeah, free secondary education. Free secondary education. And that is the United Kingdom of Great Britain. Mm-hmm. If you go to England, if you go to Wales, if you go to Scotland, you go to Northern Ireland, they all have free education at the secondary level. Mm-hmm. But they don't feed people for free. Mm. Mm. You will pay for your meals. Mm. And this, I'm not even talking about secondary, uh, I'm not talking about boarding yet. Oh, even in the school? Yes. Yeah. So the school is free, but you either you take your own food or you pay. You will pay for your food, mm-hmm. you pay for your PE kits, you will pay for, you know, all when the, the When your prospectus comes to you, even in the adult schools? Yes. Yes. But the tuition is free. Tuition is free, admission free, okay. you know. Okay. So this is their concept of free education. Mm-hmm. Now, how about their boarding? If you mm-hmm. go to the UK, except the public schools, mm-hmm. okay, the public schools, which uh, w- w- what we refer to as private schools, <laughs> you know. Confusing. <laughs> yeah. <UK>. In their <laughs> public schools where we know that it, if you are rich and you can afford, you pay and go. That's different. But let's look at even the state boarding schools. Mm. The state boarding schools, you have to pay yourself. Mm. The only exemption is the tuition. Mm. Mm. Now, why? Because they want a more sustainable approach to, to secondary education. Mm. What we are saying is that what we are doing means well is good but we cannot sustain it and it's glaringly <laughs> clear that we can't sustain it mm. let me just give some something which comes back mm. to the mm-hmm. question we've all asked on the projections that were made mm-hmm. because if you look at the education for all globe uh, for all global monetary reports this is for unesco mm-hmm. from 2015 which did a projection of the pricing of education between 2015 Mm-hmm. And 2030. I'm just going to read four points so that Samuels can continue. Mm-hmm. It says the annual total cost of achieving universal pre-primary, primary, and lower secondary education in low and lower middle-income countries is projected to increase from 100 billion dollars in 2012 to 239 billion dollars, mm-hmm. on average between 2015 and 2030. The total cost will more than triple in low-income countries. Mm-hmm. The projected increase reflects a combination of greater numbers of students and higher per student expenditure to improve quality and address marginalization. Mm. To improve education quality as envisaged in the post-2015 agenda, spending per student will need to increase substantially. Mm. For example, low-income countries will need to increase the amount they spend for per primary school student from $65 mm-hmm. to $199 by 2030. Mm-hmm. Government spending on education by low-income countries will need to reach 5.4% of GDP. Mm-hmm. For all education levels between 2012 and 2030, mm-hmm. this represents a spending increase on pre-primary, primary, and lower secondary education from 2.3 percent to 3.4 percent of GDP. Mm. Even so, domestic resources will not be sufficient mm. to achieve the key education targets by 2030. Mm. The total annual financing gap between available domestic resources and the amount necessary to reach the new education targets is projected to average. 22 billion US dollars between 2015 and 2030. Mm. The gap is particularly large in low income countries where it constitutes 29% of annual total cost. And then goes on to say that 
aid will thus remain a crucial source of education finance over the next 15 years if targets are to be met. Mm. Across low- and lower-middle-income countries, donor aid for pre-primary, primary, and lower-secondary education will need to at least quadruple. So if you look at this, it tells it you... predicted, it predicted that the that numbers that coming meant that you couldn't cope you, with even... Even that. Mm. Not, we are not talking about boarding years. Boarding years. Now, the second it's thing is sustainable. that the, the, the person giving you the aid it's he telling is you. not doing free uh, boarding. The one giving you the aid, because the UK contributes a lot yeah. of aid to Ghana. I, 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 <laughs> I, I think, well, look, we tried it. We meant well. It's, not, it's working. not working the way we thought it would work because we don't. We just don't have the resources. Look, go to Norway. Mm. Norway, with all their money, education is free. The only level of education, incidentally, which is not free, is preschool. Mm. Okay. Preschool is not free. In Norway, education up to university is free, mm. but you, you have to pay for where you sleep and what you. So eat. even in Norway, yes. Even in Norway, you pay for boarding yes. and food. Yes. I mean, there's a country that even when you're an international student, it's free. It's free education. Whether you are, what, once you're a human being, it's free. But what you eat there, you have to pay for. And we are saying that you meant well. Mm. But the thing is that we cannot, look, we can't afford it. And look, it is now affecting quality of instructions because yes. we can't oh, invest in the training of teachers the way we want to. Infrastructure as I well. Have a, I have a report I'll compromise. share with you on the 22 quality parameters and how 16 of them are falling. I'll, Before I'll, I'll you get there, Bernard, we here at City, mm. we are going to cause a review of the free SHS. Uh, power. <laughs> it's not power. It's not power. It's not power. The people in government have power, mm. but it is our duty mm. to bring attention to an ill, a well-meant <laughs> policy, which is in it's not, work, it's not working. I mean, we, we have to do that. We have to do that. Look, the government had a position against going to IMF. Change this mind. Okay, yeah. they had their backs against the wall, and the options were depleted. What mm. did they do? You turn. They had to go to IMF. And for me, there's nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. because it's also another alternative solution. Mm-hmm. So we are saying that the free SHS, the way it's modeled, is not sustainable. Hmm. It's not sustainable the way it's modeled because there are people who can afford to feed their children and yet we are breaking our backs to feed them. And by that way, everybody else is suffering. And even in the process of feeding them, we are, if there's any word like more feeding, we are, <laughs> we are more feeding them. <laughs> because when we were in secondary school, I was in secondary school 40 years ago. We, we were, we were eating Coco Sakura. Even in those days? Yes, we were eating Coco Sakura. Our situation, we, we were the yellow corn people. But I mean, we didn't have our own corn, so we had to, they had to import yellow corn to do that. But were you drinking tea, Sakura? Yes, we're doing all those things. But, 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 but let's look at the, the, the different times and seasons. Mm. I mean, th- that's the revolution days, mm-hmm. and we are talking about 1980, 81, 82, thereabouts. There was hungry in hungry, uh, hunger everywhere, mm. you know. I mean, we're even eating cheese, like, we we, we, Team we bread. Eat, Cheese to see the DPC, <laughs> you know. So I'm just saying that hmm. that the symptoms of an ailing and more functioning system hmm. is what led us to do the things we're doing. Okay, let, let's let's ask this way. So 
since we want to lead a discussion to review it, let's give some possible um, options. Before you get to the options, Bernard, it's mm. also about clearing fears. Because mm-hmm. I think the fear for a lot of people who enjoy the free senior high school mm-hmm. and it's an angle that most of the time is made in defenses or we are trying to educate the future generations. Mm-hmm. And this is the one policy that does that. Everybody admits it. It's a given. Okay. Mm. But in doing that, you also have to reflect that the education is not just at the senior high school level. The person is coming from somewhere mm. to senior high school. Mm-hmm. Now, the free senior high school policy is affecting the person who has not yet reached mm. the senior yes. high school. Mm. So, in mm. making the case mm. for we are educating the next generation, is it only secondary, it only secondary school who are, who are the next, next generation, generation or primary? You understand? Because if you look at the numbers, for primary instance, in the past four years, mm-hmm. they hasn't made they haven't made any progress in improving the junior high school secondary deficit. Mm. So at the moment we have four thousand primary schools without a GHS. Mm. Four thousand. Sixty mm. percent of the primary schools do not have GHS in the northern region mm. alone. Mm. The northern region. So you have seventeen percent of children who are not completing GHS yeah. to even qualify mm. to enjoy the free senior high school. Do those people not matter as part of the future generation? Mm. You understand? Mm. So in making the defense for oh. This looks after the future generation. We also have to consider the fact Robert, that the future Robert, generation is not age based. I, I don't think there's any more defense in this matter. Mm. Oh, it's still and something that helps. I mean, mm. what I'm saying is that mm. this thing of we have to defend it, we have to defend it. Look, we've gone past that. Are you sure? No, I'm saying that as a country, we've gone past the need to defend some of these things because it was well meant. You get me. But have you had any have, well, you, have you had any politician no, I'm just saying from that. the government side admit that we need to review future teachers? All the people well, I mentioned see, in the list apart from the finance minister and Professor Day. Yes. Who at various times have said that and Professor mm-hmm. Day you can say was GRA chairman. Mm-hmm. He is head of revenue and he's head of the he, apart from Professor Day and uh, Ken O'Fra. In fact, when the finance minister admitted on that show that he doesn't think it was right for him to pay. People came to attack him. So I'm yeah, saying that I'm coming. I'm saying that there's a, there's a there's a political issue we have to deal with where there are people who don't see this from a social or a national point of view. Ben, it's a political question. The, I can agree with you, but what I'm mm. saying is that, I mean, the people who came to attack the 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 the, uh, the finance minister, these are just political. People who, who don't even know what they are talking about to attack the finance minister. Now he is the manager of the finances of the economy, and he is telling you what he, as a person, thinks could have been done. And you attack him, you attack him. So what? But I'm pointing that we should, we as a country, should move beyond that. Look, we should revamp the scholarship system of this country. The scholarship system of this country. We should revamp it because yes, there are people. Who cannot afford, and we should find a, a workable system that can pick up these people so they are helped. First, secondly, we should now go back to the endowment fund policies for specific secondary schools that can also help. Look, I, we, not reinventing the wheel will not necessarily make us smarter as a country. Countries have gone this path. Mm-hmm. And I'll quickly go back. In the UK, you have comprehensive schools. You have grammar schools. Mm-hmm. 
comprehensive civic schools for everybody, everybody, mm-hmm. whether you are, no matter who you are, mm-hmm. come inside. Mm-hmm. The grammar schools are more specialized mm-hmm. where they pick the best from the community, mm-hmm. you know. So what I'm saying is that we can, we can practice what has worked elsewhere mm-hmm. and be able to sustain what we are doing. Mm-hmm. We can still go back to our scholarship systems mm-hmm. where the deprived people, I mean, look, I went to secondary school with CMB scholarship. My grandfather was, was, of course, my father was Coco Krachi, but my grandfather was a chief cocoa farmer in the central region. So I, I, I had the opportunity, I had the opportunity to, to benefit from CMB scholarship. Okay. The question is, without that, would I have been able to go to secondary school? And the answer is no, I wouldn't have been. So the scholarships thing work. We just have to expand it mm. and make sure that the very underprivileged mm. and less endowed people. Okay, let me introduce a complication. So okay. in, when I was giving the various reasons, you were saying for you, you think the boarding school is the easiest. It's the first it's thing the to take Good. away from the thing. The, the main issue people have said about the boarding is that it's not evenly distributed. So you have that. If you look at some places like Central Region, there's a lot of boarding schools in Cape Coast and Eastern Region. Mm-hmm. So, the if if you if you if you just said they should be free, some people. Also. So let's assume there's a, a, a poor person from a place in Western Region who wants to go to Infantifim School. Yeah. He can't go. He can. How? If you have a good scholarship system, he can. So you are saying number one, make boarding school paid. And they use the scholarship to help to, to the break the gap. So those who want to go to boarding yes, away from their home. To break the gap. Uh, because the fear was that only people around the big schools would mm-hmm. get to do... Bernard, the world over. Mm-hmm. The world over. That's the fear. So that's why in the UK, the, the, the requirement is that you choose a school within your neighborhood. So if you make a choice mm-hmm. outside of your neighborhood, you should be prepared to pay for it. But in the situation where you cannot pay, the scholarship. But I want. Should I, I, I want to. I want to. You see, my. This no, is, go ahead. This go is ahead. my my concern. What you are saying is logical. What you are saying is true. But political debate in Ghana is not logical. Political in debate in Ghana is emotional and sentimental. Yes. So. If you if you if you and you see that the, 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 the reason is the problem is that the people who decide yeah. are the politicians. That's and true. the calculations they will make will not just be based on Logic. how reasonable what you've said is. As always. Because they will probably say, what is the political cost of backtracking on free SHS in any shape or form? You call it review. They will call it backtracking. Because in the political discussion that will ensue, it will be said, ah, we told you. And you didn't listen. You are destroying education. So your free SHS that you made noise about is not working. So when the politician is going to decide to even call for a review, don't forget in 2015, even the CNG issue, mm-hmm. calling for a conversation among people to even admit that something is wrong, politicians don't want to do. Mm-hmm. So if it was a logic, if we had a, it, it was a, a logical debate, I can say you've won the debate, but the political calculations around free SHS will probably not allow the politicians to accept what you are saying. Very well said, Bernard. But the other side of the story is that the politician can pursue the vision of the free SHS if and only if they have the resources. Here we are, we do not have the resources. 
But they haven't admitted it. No, it's not they for them. No, 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 hang on, hang on. Yes. It's not for them to admit. It's not for them to admit. The evidence is there. The, the thing is glaring and you say admit. Admit. Let me give Did you an they ever admit that IMF? They didn't admit. Go to what I'm saying is that, you see, we, we, we are just punishing ourselves unjustifiably. Because the kids are experiencing something that is troubling. And not because somebody intends to punish them. It's because we miscalculated the requirements of the free SHS. We do not have enough money to do that. Isn't the education minister the one who said that buffer yes. stock is owed 340 yes. million? Yes. Is it a food crisis or is it a money issue? It's a food crisis occasioned by a money crisis. No, there's no food crisis. It's a money crisis. The food crisis is when, when there's you no have food. the money. No. So it's not a food crisis. You cannot have so, the so food. So you're right. Why? So it's a money problem. It's a money problem. But, my, but my point is that he, you see, that's my issue. He, he sometimes you can have a cash flow problem mm-hmm. versus having a liquidity problem versus having an insolvency problem in the same company. Mm-hmm. So you can say you have a lot of people who have done advert, but because they are not paying on time, you may not have money to pay salaries now. When you have that problem, you don't you are not you are not in such a big problem because you know that maybe by next two months liquidity will come in. Mm-hmm. You also have assets that you can liquidate to pay. But if you get to a point where no new no new billings are coming, no new collections are coming and all your assets cannot be liquidated, you are broke, you are insolvent. Now my argument is that the way the Minister of Education is treating this is like we have a liquidity problem. We don't have money now to deal with it, but we send some money to the school, so we'll deal with the matter. What you and I are saying is that there's actually an insolvency problem, and I'm using the company analogy, that long term, there is no money to sustain this level of free everything. But, but the, the guys are making it seem as if it's a short-term liquidity issue. Well, because they are politicians. That's the point I'm making. No, but uh, r- r- rightly so. But that does not that does not shift the essence of reviewing the free SHS. It doesn't shift it. You see, the thing is that what we all thought would become the free SHS is meant well. But the elements, if broken down, what the money is paying for is a bit too much for the economy to sustain. A lot, a lot too much. Yes, a lot too much. For <laughs> a, bit, a lot, yeah, a lot too, too much. much. Yes. So what we are saying is that mm. if we do a projection, say the next five years, we are just going to have a repeated cycle of pain, stress, and unnecessary punishment for our students, which eventually may collapse the entire education system. Let me read some comments for you and see whether it will help soften the politicians. Okay. Parents of Mount Caramel SHS Akumadine have been asked to pay 300 cities each to prevent the school to close mm. down due to starvation, especially from three students. Mm. Payments are parents are paying into the PTHGTB account. Two weeks ago, similar stories emerged from St. Louis, Wesley Girls, Infant Women, many more. On the flip side, this is Kofi Asai, by the way. On the flip side, earlier this week, the Minister of Education told Parliament that SHS feeding is under control and requires no fixing. Government communicators are too busy mounting a spirited resistance to prevent parents Ooh, from contributing. The minister said that. When you listen to the full, when you listen to the full presentation, mm-hmm. I can say you can take that out of what he said. No, but he can't say that. 
Yeah, because you, mean, can... no, you cannot say it's uh, it's not under control because <laughs> you have said that what well, Bafa stock is it's only 340 yes. million. Yes, uh, that is an admission that is not under control because you don't even control where to the, find the, the money. money to pay Bafa. But that's the what I'm saying that this is not a logical national discussion. Mm-hmm. No, but this, what is going on is that there's a political position that overrides the logical position. But, the but eventually, reality will dawn on you. Will dawn on everybody. What we are saying is that the thing is not sustainable. We thank you. You meant well. <laughs> yeah. The thing is not sustainable. There are elements in mm. the whole free SHS system mm. that we can now review and say, okay. If you want this, then you have to pay for it. Mm. If you cannot pay for it, and we it's proven that you cannot pay for it, we have a scholarship. In addition to the scholarship, let's go back to the endowment fund for certain, uh, you know, uh, uh, selected secondary schools. For instance, Presec, Achimota, they can do because how many people have gone through Achimota school Pity. who are not well placed? They are even charging us for speech day uh, next year that we should pay. They almost just come my. So no, what I'm saying <laughs> is that, that we no, that's how society says. And we are to pay. You can't. You cannot get everything for free and yet develop. It doesn't but, happen. No, see, my my feeling is what I'm saying is that we are crying more than the bereaved. No, we are also bereaved. But that's you see, no, no, we are also hold bereaved. On, hold on, hold on. Let me <laughs> see. Ben all the people, who have, all the people who have spoken here. Mm-hmm. The professors uh, of academics, mm. the economists, Otun for the all, we all have a stake in this. Yes. But I'm saying that the way, the parents. Our, parents, the way our, to, no, I'll come to parents later. Mm. The way our society is structured, the people who decide are the politicians. That's number yes. one. Number two, I think the most important stakeholder the politician will listen to is the parents. Is parents. Who is also a voter. Because the people I have mentioned here, if it was just a question of stature, mm-hmm. I mean, Moderator, Adei, Otufo, Pamabakil. You know, so, so, it's, so the issue is not the weight of the people talking. I feel until parents come out and say, Charlie, this thing is not working. But how There's w- no way the politicians in charge of this process will back down. But Bernard, you and I have had not. this conversation and I've told you... Th- Every time we've had this conversation, I've brought this up, mm. that we need to hear from the parents. And perhaps yeah. that is why it does not get the needed attention. But in this space, in the history of this country, mm-hmm. have you ever heard of parents going on a protest before? We don't have a protest. No, I'm coming. Protest. No, we don't. I'm just saying, parents are normally heard through PTAs. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm. And now they have, are called PAs. Yes. Now the PTAs, are, parents are, would normally be heard through that. Mm-hmm. The last, how seriously does a politician take the PTA association? The national. That's the thing they didn't take it seriously, they wouldn't break it into what is now PA. See, because what has happened, you see, in p- part of this is that when the problems initially emerged, don't forget Salamat. Yeah. Don't forget the issues that came up when we went to schools to say they needed desk. Some uh-huh. I'm coming. When some just two seconds, some teachers, uh, some head teachers attempted to solicit for support. Put, they yeah. were they were victimized. Yes. So the PTAs have decided that in fact there's no there's no parent association. Parent association, association yes. These are not part. Parents are trying different things to do, but they are not. A lot of people don't want to come out to be just, because the political debate. So, no parent wants to leave his work at Cocoa Board and go and be standing on the street and say, Remove free SHS. So, no, remove. Have a second The issue of funding education can never bring parents together because parents have different financial backgrounds and varying needs. Mm. Some of the things that will bring parents together are health threats and things that affect the 
the well-being and uh, of their of their children. Now, and everybody, I mean, if you are working at Cocoa Board and you hear that uh, uh, there's some inf- uh, uh, infection sweeping across the school, you run and you go, go and take your child. You, from those there. ones are there, but when it comes to the issue of funding, I can pay, you can pay, I don't care. I'll sit there. If you call for a meeting, I won't come. Okay, what we are saying is where we have gotten to, you have tried. Otherwise, we are going to have repeated cycles of frustration, which will now veer into other areas. You're already in it. Because it's, 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 we, we, we can only do so much with what we have. Mm. Okay? We are not, by, by the well-meant uh, policy of free education, necessarily create more money. We are not creating any more money. Let me, let me, let me worry you. I'm saying that you, <laughs> you run a company. If you don't admit to us that you don't have enough money, we will not take the salary cut. Mm-hmm. So until you present to us, if, if, if you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. the workers can't come and tell the MD that Charlie, we see say you the hustle to pay salary, so reduce our food quotient. The the leader must come and say, I'm, I'm coming. The leader must come and admit that. And I'm saying that all the things we are saying, if the, if the minister of education can go to parliament and tell the Clementa Park and the, the team that they owe you three forty. And this 340 is over six months old. Yeah. And they don't see it, and he doesn't see it as alarming enough to ask for a review of the policy. But that things are under control. 340 million cities. Benhard, it means that he's not prepared to face the same logic that you say that people won't hear. No, that's what you are using. On the same account, mm. if you are in a company and s- sadly the company cannot give you food anymore, mm-hmm. you, you don't find water. Yeah. There's no fuel to go on your assignments. Yeah. The, the, we, our electricity has been cut be. because we don't have the resources to sustain. Mm-hmm. That is a clear indication to everybody, not just the leader. That things are that wrong. Things are wrong. That's what I'm saying. That the things are glaringly clear to everybody. But when a company gets there, mm-hmm. and the le- and the company members have to now tell the leader that you have to go and change the policy of your pricing or change the policy you put in place because things are not working. Then it means that thing is wrong-headed. So I'm saying that you, when you you can't get to this position, and I have to tell you, because you are the one who knows. Because mm-hmm. you have. So wait, I'm saying that the guy in charge of the documents, where you sit, because there are certain information in the company. I don't know. You will know because you have a, a, a best overview. So you know what's coming from donor funds. You know what's coming from lend uh, uh, from pledges. You know what is coming from uh, borrowing. If you cannot admit that you have a, 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 a an insolvency problem with free estate, why should the citizens be the one telling you to do it? Because you have put politics ahead of the, 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 the facts. That's why we are suffering. Um, so, so I don't think... I, I don't, so you estimate they will you not, that... They will not do it until the political calculation favors them. Because it has become a political discussion. It's no longer an economic Bernard, discussion. As, up to this point, we can say what you are saying. Mm. But does the political calculation favor anybody? That's the big question. Seeing that schools now the church people have kept quiet because nobody wants to be victimized. This is the opening up small small. No, but they are, they are issuing mean, joint statements. So. Joint, <laughs> then they just joint statement. under the name of the institution of church. What I'm saying is that in times past you could find a headmaster called you can't do that because they want to protect their jobs. But that is not even fair. What I'm saying is that the reality is, is look, I speak to headmasters, and I'm not going to mention. Yeah. And I'm speaking the way I'm speaking because I have spoken to them. No I've way. been to some of their no schools. Way. And I know how headmasters 
who are trained as teachers first and then they graduate and to become they, 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 have now become magicians. <laughs> Not just economists. <laughs> if you know what headmasters go through on daily basis to keep their schools going, you weep. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. But Bernard, we've heard headmasters talk about how much of a debt they are in crediting food and things just to make sure that there's some there decent are some headmasters food. who have grey hair yes because when you are talking to them he's not thinking about lecture no so mm-hmm. he said ah now when you be talking about admittance it's Look, crazy september beautiful. 1 2021 the pro of the education ministry said checks by the sector revealed that there was no food shortage. He said all the um, claims were false. See, 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 see. Th- there's no food shortage anywhere. This is the point I'm making. No, there was a food shortage. Wait, no, At the time we said it. No, I am saying that food shortage is when you have money. But you, you can't, can't get the food. You can't get. That means that the thing is not available. Yeah, but in this case, the food is there, but we have, have the money. money. No, I'm just saying, uh, you have something. I'm saying, what Nathan is saying is true because... No, 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 I remember there, that. There was a financial crisis that has led to a food shortage. And the man is denying the food shortage. Is if it's not a food shortage, will you admit the financial crisis? No, there's no money to buy the food. This is what the people are saying. There's no money. Look, so the education minister was right when he said that this is a financial problem and that we are owed X amount of money. Now, if you go to the education ministry, mm-hmm. you go and sit there, they don't have the money because they, they, they are not also are waiting for the financial. Mm-hmm. If you go to uh, the other one, uh, school feeding, you go there, the people are sitting down waiting for the money. Why? Because they are also waiting okay. for finance. Let's read some comments no. as we try and wrap this up. We are, we are basically saying the same thing <clears> in different ways. We are, our only disagreement is whether it will work or not. He says we should review three SHS. I agree with him. Mm-hmm. He thinks boarding is the first place to start. It's mm-hmm. the easiest, which I also agree. Mm-hmm. The only problem I have is that until the, an admission. until the parents come out and until the political leaders admit the problem, mm-hmm. they will not do what he's saying. Even though what he's saying is true, they won't do it. He thinks that the evidence is so overwhelming that when you look at teachers, everybody, it's like it's so it's, it's, it's not even an issue. So everybody, it's, it's so overwhelming that the only common sense thing to do is to review it. And I'm saying that to move from this common sense position to consensus on review free SHS may take us a year. And also it will depend on the number of parents who actually will weigh between... A lot of parents are just happy that, hey, free SHS. Nothing else matters mm. in that sense. Mm-hmm. So even going back to just convince them that, oh, we want to touch it a bit. As in those who were not able to go. go. Because don't forget, there were over 300,000 or so who wouldn't have been able to go until free SHS came. Mm-hmm. So those people are a silent they are majority. Ste- they are steadfast who, in their belief. Who may not even be the ones talking. So you see, a lot of the parents talking are the middle class well-to-do parents. Mm-hmm. If you listen to ordinary parents whose kids prior to free SHS could not go to school, mm-hmm. I'm sure maybe the, the government is thinking these 200 or so thousand kids' parents mm-hmm. may not necessarily be the like the parents who are talking to us mm-hmm. may not be those guys yeah isolate the issues mm-hmm. it's a system review we are talking about and we are not oversimplifying it mm-hmm. what i'm saying is that okay so there's somebody mm-hmm. in 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 bremen sikuma mm-hmm. who by dint of the availability of free shs mm-hmm. ends up in saint augustine's mm-hmm. now we are saying that we should review it such that mm-hmm. That because the government is not able to sustain the financing of boarding education, mm-hmm. 
this person who is from Bremesikuma who ended up in St. Augustine, uh, Augustine mm-hmm. one should have access to a working government scholarship to to, me, to remain in boarding in St. Augustine. Remain in boarding. Okay. Two mm-hmm. should be given an option of attending Bremesikuma Secondary School, which which yes which is closer to. So him. if his brother is now coming. He can go can. to day school in Bremen and exactly. not come to Togestin. Exactly. So that's option two. And then the third one, mm. so that mm. the savings that we will have, that's if there's any money to be saved, <laughs> uh-huh. to revamp the quality of instructions and expand the training institutions. Even in schools that in may schools not be as resourced as in Togestin. Exactly the point I'm making. 100% so, correct. Would they listen? Let's read no, some comments. No, no, they don't have to listen. Mm. But they need to one day, it will catch up. One day. We'll wake up to this reality. So your point we'll is, that, you are saying is that okay, let's let's come back to your, your analysis that the IMF thing initially they were saying yeah, 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 yeah. eventually they got to a point where they had to do it. Yes. So it's better to do it now than to wait till you are forced to do because it. Because you are still the leader. You are still the leader. Because if, if you call for a review, you are still leading. Yeah. So if, if they wait till maybe schools close down, then it means you go in an embarrassing fashion. So now that things are a bit okay. Don't wait till you have one week and then you have to call an emergency meeting. Right now that's there's national consensus building on review with all the people we've quoted from professors mm-hmm. to chiefs to churches. People we expect it. to know. If you do it now, it's better than wait till you get to a point where Charlie, one week can call IMF. We'll go, you will go, you know, you go, like the point they come off of. Mm-hmm. Before you the go, you can see The IMF decision <laughs> yes. is, is, is more complex than this free SHS decision. I'm telling you. I disagree. Well, you can't. I'm telling you. Let's go closer. Than the, the, than the. Because how many Ghanaians understand what IMF is, IMF is about? Me, me. That's me, what I'm saying. Me, that, me, me. So, so me. that's why this is more serious. No, I said complex. I'm not uh, being serious. Okay. The IMF thing, no, is their own. It's, yeah, it's high level. It's, high level. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So this is more serious. This is serious. The IMF. Yeah, this is serious. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Then I agree. But with the IMF you. is just complex. Yes. This is simple, straight to the point. Affects more people. Us directly. Yes. Because the IMF issue is more like a so pride issue. Based on what we have, that look, we don't have Russia, Ukraine comes into the picture again. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Russia, Ukraine comes into Rasputin. the picture. Yes. And all the COVID and all the. When you were doing a, a free SHS, did you think that there was going to be COVID? I didn't even know Rasputin wanted to. Or, or, I didn't, I didn't know, know that, he Nobody Ukraine. ever dreamt. None of, the, no, none of the parading prophets in Ghana saw COVID coming. So, no, I'm just figuratively that, look, we never saw it coming. What I'm saying that there's enough reason for us to go and review the thing mm. and look for alternatives. That's what I'm saying. Let's, let's, let's read a few comments after the break. Mm. It's an internal discussion about free SHS and whether the glaring evidence of the struggles of government to finance it are enough to occasion a review. In addition to all the voices that have said we should have a review, we will see what happens. Send us your thoughts. 054-998-6996. This is the City Breakfast. The Friday edition is the free SHS edition. (laughs) (laughs) Stay, Stay with us. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. This is the, the, the City Breakfast Show. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. Hmm. Hungry man say fix the country. Bella food say fix yourself. <laughs> Hungry man say fix the country. 
So it's a quarter to ten. City Breakfast Show Friday edition. Free SHS back on the big agenda. But EdTech Monday is also coming back. And this Monday we're having a big discussion on coding. EdTech Monday is an initiative of the MasterCard Foundation. And we're, we hold it in partnership with the Meltwater Entrepreneurial School of Technology. MasterCard has partnered MESH to bring you EdTech Monday airing the last Monday of every month. Tune in at 9 a.m. this Monday as I host three lovely ladies on how they are deepening coding in deprived communities. And if your health is important to you, visit Vic Dank Healthcare, a Ghana Health Service certified healthcare center that specializes in kidney stones, hepatomegaly, hypertension, fatty liver treatment, and others. Vic Dank Healthcare specializes in using 100% natural medicines in all treatments. Visit us on the Spintech Road behind the Standard Chartered Bank. You can also call 0549-951211 or 0502-661. Three, four, six. And if you're an HR practitioner, you need certification that gives you the keys to ruling in that sector. If you get certified, you gain recognition as a competent professional with all the key technical knowledge. With contact the approved provider of global certification, which is HR Certification Center, by calling 0244-822-855 or WhatsApp in that number. Or go to phrglobal.com for more information about how you can get professionally certified. Now, you think about getting that project started. How about paying fees and rent and all of that? W- worry no more. If you're a government worker, First Atlantic Bank has got the First Atlantic Bank payroll loan. If your salary comes through the controller and accountant general's department, you can apply for a loan of up to 150000 to take care of all your pressing needs. Visit any branch of First Atlantic Bank or dial star 442-star-30-hash to apply and enjoy the lowest rates. First Atlantic Bank, refreshingly different. Now, we all want our kids to do well in school and in life. That's why they need grit and sport teaches them well. Give them a cup of Milo to give them energy to take part in sport. The grit they learn in sport, they keep for life. Milo, the energy to go further. And this ad is FDA approved. Now, if you are running a business, safeguarding that business from cyber attacks is very, very, very important. And Surfline recognizes that as well. And so they are giving you the Surfline Internet and Business Solutions SIPs. They've got all kinds of great packages, ones that protect your social media accounts, others that help you recover your systems after a failure, and cyber protection for online activities and secure SAP B1 software. You can contact them on 0302-745-766 to book a demo now. Surfline, better together. Alright, so let's bring in some of the listeners and your views on this discussion. Is it time to review free SHS? Where do we start from? Is it the boarding? Is it the ancillaries? There are 11 free items. Admission is free. Tuition is free. Boarding is free. Feeding is free. Library is free. Science is free. Exam is free. ICT is free. School uniform is free. PE kit is free. Exercise books are free. And interestingly, there was a story this week about 
mm-hmm. how some of the schools were able to write their mock exams, mm-hmm. end of term exams, which will corroborate what Samen said. Some mm-hmm. of the headmasters had to work magic hey. just to get mock exams. Headmasters and end are, of term headmasters exams. are becoming Done. magicians. Anyway, more messages coming. Good morning, <laughs> City CBS team. Mm-hmm. Just a single entity supplying food to all senior high schools in Ghana. Imagine senior high schools in the north where grains are cheaper have to wait for grains to be transported from Accra mm. before it's brought to the mm. north. Mm. Well, that's that's that, that's that's another <laughs> propaganda. <laughs> Let's not get Clearly, the school feeding program cannot be stopped. That's it. It's a procurement platform mm. for siphoning of state resources. Mm. Can't we get it? Mm. Most government programs have the same underlying motivations. This is Augustine who is mm. sending us this message from Tema. Now, mm. uh, better take it or leave it. What Angel and the Storm Manager said. Uh, the gospel truth. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, this one also says mm-hmm. that, uh, Bernard, mm-hmm. can't you make it this way? And he has a suggestion. Mm-hmm. Government pays admission fee for all students mm-hmm. and subsequently pays 500 or 800 CDs for all students mm-hmm. while parents pay the rest depending on the school. Another suggestion. This is what that he is has. called Chimpe. Chimpe. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> this one says, Bernard, mm-hmm. if the citizens don't rise and force this government to make certain decisions regarding the educational sector, hmm. they will mess up the future of our youth. That's what we are doing. Why should we allow somebody's ego to override the interests of the nation? Mm. Clearly, they don't want to eat humble pie hmm. because of their ego. Mm. This country doesn't have the financial capacity at the moment to make the senior high school completely free. Mm-hmm. It's a populist decision that is damaging rather than solving any problem in our educational sector. Mm. Another one from Asafwache Abulu. Mm. <laughs> Asafwache Abulu. Mm. The big man. Yes. Can't we review this free senior high school and allow parents to feed their wards? Mm? As government saying the children are to be home, they won't eat. I don't know. Is it by force to feed? Mm. Ah. We should stop the dirty politics and allow parents to feed their wards. Mm-hmm. Because besides, the government has already taken some of the cost already. All right. More coming in. Good morning, Bernard and the team. I'll be grateful if the government will pay attention on the challenges facing the free senior high school. Mm-hmm. It's very disappointing and needs an immediate review. Mm. Government should allow parents to support in feeding and exercise books. Hmm. I visited my old school and I realized that things are getting out of hand. Oh. It's not sustainable. Believe hmm. you me, Nanaya Abuaje hmm. from Adenta. Hmm. Bernard, mm-hmm. before the free senior high school, secondary schools were not paying tuition mm-hmm. and even the feeding and boarding were subsidi- subsidized mm-hmm. by the government. Mm-hmm. So someone would say the secondary education was already subsidized by government. Mm-hmm. There was no need to make everything then free like books and paying the full feeding and boarding component. Mm-hmm. Another one says the government should revert back to the original system and then provide scholarships mm. or subsidies for students from poor homes. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Raymond in Tema, mm. our children's futures are being jeopardized by this free senior high school thing. Mm. In Norway, where school is free from preschool to university, feeding is not free. Ah. Again, you buy your own books. Ah. <laughs> this one says, have you looked at the lack of policy coherence being the reason why the free high school is struggling? Mm-hmm. The feeding, if we're using the produce from the planting for food and jobs to feed the students' examples, localized and staples, would it have cost us as much as it is costing now? Mm. Again, would the resources not have stayed and circulated within well, but that's the, the what local economy? That's what mm. they use. The, for the particular the rice and the meat. The money is not there. The, the money, no. The money, no deal. Mm. <laughs> Solomon says he grew up in Nigeria and as far back as 1996 when he was in school, mm-hmm. it was free. Mm-hmm. But boarding was never free. Mm-hmm. It says, I have always been of the view that boarding, uniforms and feeding should not be free. Mm-hmm. Education in Germany is free. You must feed yourself. Even purchase Germany. your own books. Ah. Bernard, I said it no that we should name just one country. Ghana. Where you eat free, sleep free, everything free. Ghana. 
Okay. <laughs> this one also has an interesting view. It says Bernard, mm. free senior high school needs review as you have all alluded to because the system as is being practiced currently mm. is discriminatory. Mm-hmm. Why should the government spend more on some children than others? Mm-hmm. Are parents whose children in boarding houses more in Ghana than those whose wards are in day schools? Are we all not paying taxes? Mm-hmm. Why should government feed someone's child three times a day and someone else has to pay for TNT for the child and feed that child morning and evening? Ah, and because the same is in your high house. school policy. Okay. So if you go to Aquinas, this is Eugene mm-hmm. from Nkoko. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bernard, good morning. Mm-hmm. Free senior high school budget is a drop in the total money siphoned per the Auditor General's report which is estimated at 48 billion Ghana cities. Mm. Government has the money. Hmm. There's the corruption hmm. that is preventing the financing of free senior high school. Ah, that's a minority view, but we still let it go through. If we're an entity, mm-hmm. you see, mm-hmm. Buffer Star Company is only an artificial entity owned by those who manage it, and these are to the way, in any way that suits them. Somewhere last year, when this came up, the education ministry came out to refute it, as well as the government. Mm. This thing has gone round and it's now hanging around our necks, and mm. we can't hide it again. Mm. It's about time the government faced the reality with the system. Kofi from Kofodia mm. says this. Mm-hmm. A good morning, CTCBS. The free high school in this current form is not sustainable. Needs immediate review. For me, two solutions. If you choose boarding, you must pay for it. Mm-hmm. A cut-off grade to go to free senior high school, then the rest can go to TVET, mm-hmm. so that academic and technical vocation no. cannot can no. be balanced. Go to no, TVET no, no. You deserve you don't to go to TVET because you didn't you make a grade. And that is what has brought us here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As for that one, we disagree. The TVET must be part and parcel of the comprehensive the education, education yeah. offering. And in fact, you should have more people do TVET so that we can solve our problems yes. of this country. So, so the, the, the TVET should not be for that. This backward thinking. Let me let me just wrap this up. With uh, a few more also from Twitter later. Good morning, Bernard and team. I'm mm-hmm. glad you are discussing this critical issue. Mm-hmm. I teach in a senior high school, and from my experience, I want to introduce another angle to this wholly free senior high school policy. Mm-hmm. About 80% of the quality of material admitted to my school are not grammar senior high school material. Mm. They see coming to school as punishment. Eh. They score below 40% in almost all subjects throughout their three year stay. Oh. They come in with aggregates above 35 but get admitted due to the policy. Mm. Some of these students could have become great within the technical and vocational sector. Mm. They ever followed the crowd, so to speak, and end up in grammar senior high schools. Mm-hmm. Some have missed school for more than 100 days from a survey conducted in my school, but they are registered for this year's WASI. Mm. Can you imagine, Bernard, that during WASI last year, a student came to write, but they didn't know what subject was at stake that day? Hey. From junior high school to senior high school, without any form of sieving, it must certainly be reviewed. Mm. This is a senior high school Tutor. Wow. Um, this one also says, Neil Ante, this is coming from Neil Ante Van Kannis, and it says, uh, challenges arise so that we can become better. Just like the housing challenges that free senior high school faced, these feeding issues are challenges that ought to be solved. The policy needs review, but shouldn't be a review that does not create equity. A few other comments coming in. Wow, it's a big shame. School sport has to be cancelled due to shortage of food in Ghana with all the arable land and huge volumes of water flowing from Volta into the sea. We have so many highly educated PhDs. What are they doing? What happened to the planting for food and jobs? Did I hear government officials talk about seeking help from our development partners to solve this? Hey, Ghana, it's a big shame. 
Comerican says no review in any form for this free senior high school policy. It remains the best policy, in my opinion, at least for the first time. Everybody benefits directly or indirectly. When we didn't have the policy, what did we use the money for? Don't let me even start on the scholarship secretariat, he says. Hmm. Lots of opinions on this subject. Another one says, Bernard, uh, what Samen said is true. Uh, I have a daughter in the UK. We live in London. I want her to enter Cambridge. She's brilliant, but to improve her chance of entering the university, she had to move to Cambridgeshire to get into a Cambridge Academy of Science and Technology for her to do A-level. Guess what? At that school, only students with disabilities are allowed to even be brought to school by car. Everyone must come by walking, cycling, or bus. Another one coming in. Better the current structure of free SHS economically only benefits current of government, especially businessmen. Procurement is considered and awarded to businessmen with allies who are allies to the government. This is counterproductive to local businesses until this change of until this change our economy won't expand, especially our local economy. Another one coming in says the problem is that even if government was to pay the entire amount allocated in the budget for free SHS, the month will still not be enough. All right, and then he ends with a very interesting proverb, Chinese proverb: "He who is advised and takes it has still acted out of his own free will. He who who is advised and takes it <laughs> has still acted out of his own free will." It's a Chinese proverb. Do you have the Chinese equivalent? <laughs> you know, because even if you are giving advice, you still have a choice to take it or yeah. not. I think a word to the wise is enough.
Alright, so we will have to leave it here. Thank you for listening to the Breakfast Show. Friday's edition. 